Good evening, my friends and Ox crew and dreamers. Welcome to our very first game session of the Barony of Olives, our brand new Changing the Dreaming Chronicle uh, here with the Streampunks. Um, we haven't been a part of a big campaign since we wrapped up our beloved Clear Skies, and it's good to be back starting a whole new big story here on Q Times. Um, we don't have Adriana tonight, but we will have an Adriana. So, uh, so stay tuned for that. But you can see we have this incredible art that is being displayed here, uh, Adriana's character. Uh, so that is on full display, and it is lovely. All of the character art is lovely, but we'll be getting to that in a second. Um, I want to go ahead and start tonight's session off by thanking a bunch of people that helped make the show happen. Um, Obviously, uh, I need to thank some of the people that helped me put together all of the production stuff. So uh, I first need to thank both Sam DeLev and Elisa Pearl, who basically have been like my foundation and keeping me sane while I've been trying to scramble and put together this whole thing uh, through all the scheduling and like getting things going. So uh, I love you both very much. Thank you so much for helping me put this together. Um, I also need to thank Thomas Maroney who once again has come to uh, bring his inconsiderable talents to helping the stream punks come out with beautiful visual graphics. You might know Thomas Marty as the person who helped, you know, design the USS Ross or by, by help, I mean actually designed it from the ground up and even constructed that incredible PDF packet that we used for the entire game. Uh, really amazing work. Uh, Thomas designed the Barony of Olives logo for us. Uh, and Thomas also designed the Streampunks logo, among other things. So Thomas is a big part of what we do. And so thank you, Thomas, so much for your help. Um, and for all the work you did on Seven Raven, because he also designed the Seven Raven logo. So there's that too. Um, I want to thank Olivia, Meaning of Night, um, for all of the work that she's helped me as a storyteller trying to organize this game and get it up and going. She has been wonderful trying to help, uh, been a wonderful help getting things organized because I've been so discombobulated trying to get things set up. Um, so thank you so much, Olivia. I also have to thank Chandra because Chandra is the one that puts together our credits. So thank you so much, Chandra, for putting together the credits of the show. Um, and uh, I want to thank our Q Times mods in general. <laughs> Just as a big blanket shout out to the Q Times mods, as always, thank you for coming on this adventure for with us again and keeping our community safe. Um, Jason Charles Miller, who wrote one of the songs that you're going to be hearing in the credits here uh, for Changeling. Always a pleasure to work with Jason Charles Miller, and he was very generous with his time and, and gave us a theme song. Um, Anton, who is kind of like stealing the show right now because Anton is the one that uh, got all of our character notes and went and made all this incredible art of our characters. Uh, Jake from Q Times is, uh, is the guy who cued us into Anton, and the art is incredible. So thank you, Anton. Uh, the work is amazing, and you're going to see all over the character reveals that you've been seeing this past week, you will see at the very top of that thread is a tag. Please follow Anton on Twitter. Please give him big shout outs. I also want to thank real quick, uh, Ian Watson of Onyx Path, who's been a friend of Streampunks from the beginning. Uh, Ian's great. Uh, he's done all these wonderful logos. Ian's responsible for doing the Streampunks Changeling logo that you have seen on our Instagram account. But Ian also created the first original uh, Merfolk Kith token that you can see there on Sam DeLev's uh, on Sam DeLev's uh, like screen there uh, that didn't exist they're, they're a merfolk or a very rare changeling very rare and the books don't have a kith token for them so we do now uh, thank you so much for that Ian he shelled that thing out in no time see what I did I've been spending a lot of time around Sam all right um, also 
obviously I need to really just give a huge thanks to Jake who uh, not only, I mean, I always, I always praise Jake because Jake gives us a home to stream our games, but Jake also does a lot of work for us and you don't get paid for it either. Like he's doing a lot of like heavy lifting and we, we are deeply grateful for that. So thanks Jake. You, you can cut in and say you're welcome. You can you can make me feel gratified. You can say you're welcome, Jake. Hey, okay. hey, 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 yeah, you're sorry. welcome. You're oh, welcome. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Jake. Um, also, as a bit of a side, just real quick, um, before we hand things off, I also want to thank the streaming community who has kept changing the dreaming alive and well in the decades that it's been published. There have been huge swaths of time since changing the dreaming second edition to the 20th anniversary edition where there simply was no changeling content coming out. But that didn't stop dreamers like yourselves from going out and making content and running the game. Uh, there are some people that are right now discovering this game for the very first time ever. It was uh, the 20th anniversary edition came out, I think, four years ago now, something like that. 2016, I think, is when it came out. And, uh, and I've been wanting to run it for this group ever since. But in that meantime, I want to thank everybody who has ever made a lore video about Changeling, anybody who has ever shown their live games. I want to thank B. Dave Walters for doing streaming across New York because it was cool as hell to see him pick that up. I mean, B. Dave does everything World of Darkness, but thank you. You can find streaming across New York here on Q Times. Um, Happy Jacks is another channel that did the clockwork, the clockwise courts. Um, thank you so much for keeping the dream alive there. Of course, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, thank uh, a long-running chronicle that has the most genius name for their show, Changeling the Streaming. Well done. <laughs> and they wrapped up they wrapped up their chronicle some time ago, but they they were just like, if you go and watch it, it's so wholesome. It's literally just a bunch of friends playing Changeling the Dreaming. And uh, I just have to give a big shout out to them and to everybody who has kept Changing the Dreaming very much in the forefront. As I wrap this up, I just want to say Changing the Dreaming over the years was not the most popular game in the world of darkness. It always fell to the back of the line because the popularity was with Vampire, Werewolf, Mage, and Wraith. Um, Changing was difficult for a lot of people to wrap their heads around in the world of darkness. It was a vibrant, colorful core book that invited imagination and hope. To a lot of people who saw that right off the top, they thought, what does that have to do with the world of darkness? I'm out of here. They saw a art piece of a very happy bear wearing a green top hat and a petticoat walking across the street and thought, I don't want to play that. I want to play a gangrel ripping somebody apart. <laughs> um, for those of us who explored Changeling and fell in love with it, we've kept it alive all this time. And there's a lot of people out there that had a hand in that. So uh, I just wanted to thank everybody for that. And I'm glad that we finally get to visit this world. That is my huge, long-winded thank yous at the very top here. Um, does anybody have any announcements that they would like to eventually share with everybody? Well, wait, what's, what's the date? What's the date? Oh, no, I can't, I can't say it because um, I, I can't say it because we're still under NDA. And even though by the time this airs, it will be out in the open. I'll just say this. We're probably screaming about something on Twitter right now. Check it out. All right. Does anybody have any announcements? Anybody think they want to get out of the way here that for the show that's going to air on the seventh? I don't know things I can I say, so I'm just going to sit yeah, exactly. here. <laughs> oh, I have a couple things. Coffee? Yes, go. Um, I had to literally look at my calendar to make sure it was, yeah. Um, so today is the seventh, and that means that 
Tomorrow, we're going to have a new episode of Metagame on our exclusive Discord for our coffee supporters at the $10 or higher level. Um, The Metagame is going to be a game called Beyond Mars, and it's going to be run by its creator, Nathan Blades, and it's so dope. Sam is playing in it, and Marquia McCarty is playing in it, and I'm playing in it, and we're going to have a lot of fun. So check that out. And then I'm also playing in a, I think it's a five-shot D and D Beyond adventure that is called Unwelcome Spirits, and it's explore. It's basically using Explorer's Guide to Wildmount those adventures. Um, so we're playing in the Critical Role world, and I have watched just like four or five episodes of Critical Role. So I'm not the most well versed person on it, but it is very fun to play in this world that people that we know and love created, and we're having a lot of fun. So that's Wednesdays at 3 p.m. for the next few weeks. Sweet. I think I think that's it for me. Okay. I think that's it for us. I think we can actually jump in. Um, oh, yes, Sam, you had something? It's just it's just we've been we've been looking forward to this for so so many years and it's the thing that we've spent months putting together but like years putting our hearts into and it's just it's just it's just it's just it's just excited. <laughs> There it is. There it is. There it is. Let's go ahead and begin the chronicle of the Barony of Olives. Before we get started, I'm going to inform the players about a rule that is going to be a home game rule for this particular chronicle. And it's because of all of you, uh, Ox Crew, also known as the Dreamers. Um, y'all are responsible for making Stream Punks possible and this chronicle possible. Those of you who are part of our coffee, are supporting us on coffee, there is a tier, the Super Punk tier. Each Super Punk in that tier is given a story point. In the previous game, story points would allow for rerolls. Well, in the World of Darkness, particularly this one, it's not quite as potent as that sounds. However, I'm going to have it function two different ways. So this goes for everybody. Um, I'm keeping track of how many you all have. So right now, currently, you have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 points because of all the incredible support from Coffee. We have 15 uh, Super Punks supporting us. So because of those 15 Super Punks, for the remainder of this story, which is basically like the adventure uh, not not an episode. Uh, this is a, an episode is called a chapter. So this is the first story. So this is going to be the entire first like quest that we go on. You have those fifteen points. Now, every month that pool can regenerate. So feel free to use them. Now, be aware though that only one of you, you only one point can be spent at a time. So this is how it's going to work. For now, each point counts as either a temporary willpower point or a glamour. Yes. Yes, because the Ox crew counts as dreamers. And the dreamers are creating, they are making it possible for us to do this show. The story exists because of all of you. So the glamour from your support is what these characters are going to be able to use in times of need. Um, glamour, if you don't know, in Changing the Dreaming is what makes magic possible. It's the raw stuff of imagination and hope. And it's what fuels a changeling in their existence. So, kind of useful. 15 points 
um, for that for the this entire story. So, um, and it will regenerate depending on how many super punks we have per month. So, that's the house rule. Everybody on board? Yeah. Okay. So, can we, should we call it like story glamour or something? Or yeah. like box glamour? We should come up with a name for it. Yeah. I mean, also, we should consider the fact that vampires have family. What are we? Dramily. That sounds like Dramamine. We're, we're the anti dizziness medication of the, the ox, streaming world. The ox dreams. Mm, it's family. Auxiliary dreams. Ooh, what was that? Aren't, the, aren't our sigils uh, coins? What if they're changeling coins? Dreamer coins. Dreamer coins. Oh uh, yeah. You can buy you can buy either willpower or oh, glamour you know with what? them. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it could be confusing, but like um uh there's a thing called dross in changeling, which is literally just taking like the wispy stuff of dreams that you can forge into little things and build stuff off. We'll get into mm. it. Oh, I think um, I heard about that. Is it spelled yeah. in a weird way that doesn't yes. sound like it looks? But that's everything. Okay. Um, and our so, families are motley, isn't it? We're it is. motley. We need a motley. motley. We all have, we all have motley. a lot to work with today. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's We're true. We can, we can play with a motley, yeah. All right. Well, now that we have the house rule in place, it's time to begin. Each of us dreams. Even when we think we aren't dreaming a scenario will play out in the undercurrents of our emotions. A what if full of actors who will gather together in a theater of our minds and put together a play by the order of our heart. And like so many creators who struggle to understand what their client wants, this troop of actors will try everything to understand what is being said to them. They will create scenarios, conversations, wishes, regrets. They will craft a tale that is both true and false, weaving a story with the beautiful, confusing paints that life gives us so that we might make sense of it all. It is here in this theater of anxiety and love and anger and hope and helplessness and cynicism and relief and excitement just beyond the pages of books on the other side of pressed ink and character art through the looking glass of our minds where we may find the barony of olives. The actors are gathering right now as I speak, setting the stage for this chronicle. They ready themselves for a new play, a play that may yet show us what our hearts are trying to say. The stage is a small city on the south central coastline of California a city that's home to 12,000 people who go about their lives as we do. They stress about laundry money, time, deadlines, promises. They wonder about what happens after we die, whose car alarm is going off, and what the weather will be like tomorrow. They move around in their mental mazes, occasionally breaking free for just a brief moment to marvel at a color, or crack a joke, or sing out loud despite their fear of being judged. They're an ocean of life, beautiful, frightening, human chaos. And just like us, they are unaware of the dreamers that are moving among them. They are tragically unaware the, that the dreamers 
are they. And on this cool morning in the final month of winter, the small resort town of Point Casta begins its day once again with a beautiful sunrise over the ancient Pacific Ocean. The people of the point awaken to their coffee timers and text messages. To them, it's just another day in their lives, but to the changelings who dwell here, it is the time of the monthly court gathering at Point Reed, the freehold and sanctuary for the changelings of this small city. The oath of fosterage has been fulfilled and the seining is done. New changelings have joined the barony. It is time for the dreaming to rejoice, for even in this time and in this world of darkness, with every new changeling, a spark of hope is renewed. And it's your cell phone that wakes you up, buzzing constantly, buzzing incessantly. To the people on the other end of that cell phone, you have a very particular name. But your name is not truly Vera, is it? You go by another name. And for a brief moment, you're pulled from your dreams. Skita, it's that thing that you experience every time you awaken where your two worlds collide, where the mundane autumn world comes crashing into your face the moment you open your eyes as you slip away from the dreaming. The phone continues to blare and ring and ring and ring until finally, by the time you've blinked and looked over at it, call missed. Uh, I roll over in my large king-size bed in my beautiful oceanside overlooking bedroom and <laughs> grab at the phone where it is on the nightstand. Okay. Uh, you can see Bloomfield Talent Agency and underneath it, the subtitle office I in the iPhone. Answer it and put it on speaker. Morning. As you say this, you glance up and look at yourself from across the room. Um, you're catching your reflection. Now, we technically don't need character descriptions <laughs> because of the incredible work of art. But out of curiosity, what is... What does she look like this morning? Is her so do I? Hmm? Okay. Well, my question is do I see myself as myself or oh, do yes. I see the outer? Looking back is a pisky. And your room, the sanctuary of a changeling, is filled with vibrant colors that some humans will just never truly be able to see without this assistance of glamour. In fact, your presence in your place of living has an effect on the dreaming that surrounds you. So not only do occasionally you see vibrant purples and blues and yellows and greens that some people just can't perceive, but you also see the occasional little moat of glamour in the form of a chimerical creature that may appear or disappear every now and then. 
every now and then you might think you see a seagull on your balcony having a conversation with another seagull, literally. Such wild things are not unusual for you. Humans can't see it, but you can. So looking in the mirror, I, yeah, my, I see myself in my pisky form. Um, I'm splayed out on the bed. The, the um, sheets are, and blankets are all, you know, around me bunched up because I'm a very active sleeper. My hair is all mushed up and it's not in the perfect little halo of hair. It usually is. And I'm mm-hmm. wearing a, a kind of like sleeveless kimono, like, so a long, uh, silvery robe that has specks of magic and beautiful glimmering colors that doesn't look to humans what it really looks like. And that's what I see when I look at myself in the mirror. As Something is poking you right in the, like a sharp object is stabbing into your thigh, your left thigh, as you kind of situate. Ah. I sit up and try to find what it is. It's in the the inner sleeve pocket of the robe. And as you withdraw what looks like a finely, maybe handmade, crafted pen that's got rims of silver on it, it doesn't belong to you. You don't know where that came from. Yeah. Is this even... Is this from the mortal world? Uh, it's quite mortal, yes doesn't appear to have anything i must have been sleep stealing again <laughs> <sighs> oh goodness i put it on the nightstand next to the phone okay it just kind of rolls to a stop today's a big day you and the others specifically i should reference the others being ashling and Ruby are set to meet at one of your favorite spots. This evening, court is being held at the Freehold. This will only be the second time you have been allowed to attend court in a formal fashion like this. And even though the Baron himself is a little unusual when it comes to the she who like to rule over the Freeholds, uh, he still does enjoy a certain measure of formality when it comes to these monthly court meetings. The reason why tonight's particularly special is it's about you guys. It's not just about the goings-ons and what's happening here in the barony. It's about what's going on everywhere. There's been a lot of rumors have been flooding into the barony, particularly from the south. Just south, a day's drive, maybe five or six hours south, maybe less, is a city called Los Angeles that untuned recently really wasn't any news coming out of that place. Los Angeles is home to one of the strongholds of the Changelings, though they lay low. Care Angeles, in fact, is what it's called. But in the past few months, a lot has happened in Los Angeles. Rumors have been coming up from the south that there have been mortals conducting special operations. Whispers of an inquisition that has swept through the prodigal realm of the vampires and has disrupted everything. The kith of 
Care Angelus have been whispering that there has been a huge upset in power and that lots of things have shifted and changed. And it's causing a ripple effect across all of the kingdom of Pacifica, which stretches from the Oregon coast, Washington, all the way down to Southern California. The queen herself can be found in Care Los Angeles. And Care Angeles is the home of Queen Aaron Ap Fiona. Now, thus far, there haven't been any rumors of anything bad happening to any changelings. But then changelings have made sure to stay far away from the affairs of the prodigals. In this case, humans know them as vampires. So it's hard to say that anything that happened in that side of the city has affected anybody. But it has been enough. And enough of the whispers have escaped up to the north that it is being talked about now. That's probably going to take up some of the court's time tonight. And it's going to answer a lot of questions. Your phone begins to buzz again. Oh, this time I hop out of bed and I answer the phone and put it on speaker as I take it to the bathroom and get start getting ready for my day. Hello? It, it's the office. And you were immediately met with, oh, okay. Okay, I'm so sorry. Um, I had the thing I was going to tell you and I just dropped it. I'm so sorry. Give me one second. And you hear sort of like the frantic shuffling on the other end of the line. Um, and that's where we're going to cut to. A curious question for you, Ruby. What does morning look like for you when you wake up? Where are <laughs> you? What does uh, Ruby do? I'm at home. I, I, I have a little apartment um, right uh, not too far away from uh, the pier. Uh but not as fancy as Aliza's. I don't have a, a beautiful oceanfront view of my bedroom. Um, my, it, it, I would call it chaotic clutter. It, it's probably just uh, Ruby hasn't, she doesn't clean. She moves things around probably mm -hmm. like my room now, as you can see behind me. <laughs> that, is, that is all of our alignments. So. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Chaotic clutter. Uh, lots of like materials, fun colors uh, hanging everywhere, different mm -hmm. beads, different everything like that. Um, knowing that I will probably have to get up and uh, work today and, and, and be up and about. Uh, I got dressed the night before so I could hit snooze as many times as possible before actually having to get up. So I'm actually already wearing what I'm going to be wearing today. I'm just going to spray a little, uh, little, um, Smell good stuff on top to where it's just like, oh, yep, completely fresh and ready to go. Ruby has little um, little bun things on her heads, um, on her head that um, she's too lazy to brush through. She'll wash it the next day or maybe the next day after that. Um, but it's great to keep, you know, random things in when I'm running around like a pencil or some paintbrushes or something. If I if I need an extra pocket. So yeah, so you you just opened your eyes and you immediately kind of hit yourself. snooze again. Hit snooze again. Um, mm. You close your eyes and just try to drift back to sleep, and you feel a gentle pinching sensation on your eyelids, and then a very uncomfortable, like if you've ever, of course, pinched your eyelids and deliberately lifted them. It's not the best sensation. It's just 
kind of the discomfort of the light immediately making its way into you. You see, waiting for you on the other side, there is what looks like a small purple tiger cub with black stripes, uh, maybe a foot and a half tall. And I do say tall because it is standing on its back two legs. Um, it is delicately using its the points of its claws to pinch your eyelids and pull your eyelids open. And you see staring at you with a very serious countenance is this bipedal tiger cub with purple fur gazing at you with wide eyes and a serious like look of deep, deep concern. I look directly into their eyes and say, five more minutes and twist over and put the covers over my head. You just pull free, twist over. The, the, the movement of them, of you twisting over sends them into a barrel roll in middle, mid air and they hit the mattress next to you and you pull the covers over your head. Mm-hmm. You have no way of knowing if five minutes actually passed when oh. you feel the, tw- the, your hair being pulled. Um, yeah, Pipsqueak has a hold of a, a, like a paw full of your hair. He has positioned his paws that he stands on against your back and is full on tugging at your head, causing your head to like jerk back occasionally as he's just yanking. If you can imagine what it's like having a cat in the morning that demands you feed at the moment you wake up, imagine a bipedal intelligent cat. Oh, let me cat. feel what that's yeah. like. Mm, let so, me see. <laughs> Pipsqueak continues to jerk hard so, on a big tuff of that hair so as pipsqueak is holding my hair uh as i'm laying in bed this has happened before so i reach i reach my hand out without mm-hmm. even opening my eyes find the scissors on the bedside table and just, and just snip, snip off the hair and have them fall back hair comes free that's and why my hair is never of never the same length i got i got uneven tufts everywhere i just kind of put it up in little bobby pins to hide the fact that my hair is cut in all different places okay um pipsqueak goes off the side of the bed and there's a thudding noise meanwhile (laughs) ashling yeah where do you find me Mm -hmm. it's early morning okay um sun is sun is sun has just started to rise over the pacific yeah so um the camera sort of zooms in the stage uh, of a very uh, light gray wood bedroom. Um, it's v- all the surfaces are very clean, but the floors and corners are piled with trinkets and uh, toys and memorabilia. They all look very old, very antique. Um, there's a bed against a door um, and it is perfectly made bed and it's all light colors, um, pale blues. And the window has big dark curtains covering Mm. all of the light. And then from under the bed, you just see a hand reach up from underneath and touch Mm. the top of the bed looking for a cell phone and until she can't quite find it and then a form rolls from underneath the bed and emerges and stands up and their hair is 
tasseled in their face like they've had their hair in a French braid for uh, a few days and it's just become uh, large and uh, just the way she likes it. Mm. And she kind of grabs it and pulls it to one side, grabs a top hat from a nightstand, places it on her head, and then walks over to the window and whoosh, as she's silhouetted from behind a, a a very slender, dark figure. To those who might be seeing this from the outside looking in, yeah. it goes as described. But for those who would be able to see into the bedroom of Slua awakening from underneath their bed, they would see someone roll out that looked like a loose rag doll. Their limbs <laughs> moving in ways that even make the hypermobile cringe in horror. And then standing up in ways that the human body doesn't have the muscles to allow you to stand up in a gravitational sort of defiance of physics. And it just, you throw open that window and look out. You can see. Um, uh, when I, when I open the window, I mm-hmm. can tell you uh, there is a giant, the reason uh, her shutters are so dark, other than the fact that she is a slua. There is a giant neon sign um, right out front that says Chowder Than Love. When you sent me your character sheet and I read that, I literally, I coughed up my coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So it would appear she may or may not. She seems to live above a chowder shop. Um, Chowder Than Love. Chowder Than Love. And uh, we zoom in on her face and we see her dark makeup and her very hollow eyes and uh, the white uh, of her eyes, even though it's daytime, sort of have that reflective predator glow as she's looking around and taking in this uh, very empty street um, as it's still quite morning. Um, And she has tattoos, uh, very slight down her eyes. Um, and her mouth is just a dark hole area, but you can tell that as she's looking at the sign, you get a little smirk just in Mm. the corner, um, of her mouth. Um, and I, yeah, I think she immediately, we see her go to the other side of her bedroom and there's another door to a sort of stairway exit. And that's the way she goes instead of the one that her bedroom, uh, her bed is blocking. And she, Curious. she mm-hmm. what kind of footwear does she have? Is, is she wearing like heavy combat boots or is she like, I'm, I'm wondering I which would version of her. Know. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess you could technically have chimerical boots over your actual autumn world boots, which I, I would love to hear either or. <laughs> I don't know how uh, heavy her footsteps are coming down the stairs. Uh, if uh, as a as a mortal, I would say just the right amount of teenage thump. Um, it's slow and melodical and very pointed. That you know how many steps she walks every mm-hmm. single day until she jumps for the last two. So you, it goes from a metal ping, ping, ping to just a as she lands in the dirt um, behind uh, this shop. 
And uh, I think she immediately takes off to the freehold and stays very near the edge of buildings, does not walk in the middle of anything. Is, she, she hugs walls okay. the whole way to um, the freehold. But I think she's going to take a little pit stop by the beach before she heads uh, it's sunrise. out to Point Reed. It's high yeah. surf right now. Exactly. So I think she might okay. go take a little peeky room near the beach. Okay. The, the lot of you have agreed to meet before t- today's, or this, I should say this evening's gathering of court. The gathering of court is a big deal because the entire community of the Barony of Olives is going to be there tonight. All the nobles will be in attendance and the other two motleys that live here in the Barony will also be in attendance it's a big deal to see everybody gather together in such a thing, but into such a formal setting. But it's always great to get your way into the freehold. Um, the bale fire is always welcoming to see, even if you're not willing to partake of the glamour that it exudes. It always creates that sense of joy in that you feel closer to your changeling selves when you are there. So it's always an opportunity. Of course, the doors to the freehold are available and they are open to all citizens of the barony of olives you can go there whenever you please and you can enjoy the atmosphere there wherever you please there is a there is i should say and this is going to be very very particular to uh to you our resident slua ashling there is a seneschal that serves at the freehold named mr shade he is the he is the only other slua in the entire barony right now. Oh. Yeah. Lots to talk about. It's, uh, he is, at least that is, for the, that always changes. The population of, sometimes it changes, and this has been changing a lot too. There's been some people who have left the Barony of Olives to head down to Care Angelus and to live there, but not sure if that's going to change whether or not if the rumors are to be believed is what's happening in Los Angeles, there might be an influx of changelings looking to get the duck out of fudge. All right. Question for the group. You probably want to know what I'm wearing, and that's obvious. Just kidding. Uh, no. Oh, um, okay. Never mind. The question for the group is, let's create right now. Where's your favorite meeting spot? Where does this group like to meet? Uh, think of this like the bronze. Like, where do y'all like to? Where do y'all like to show up? What's like a? Maybe it's a. It's a small like out of the way spot. Maybe it's like a special place nobody else knows about, or a bar that like a coffee shop that that opens that no one else appreciates the way y'all do. Um, maybe it's a bookstore. I would love to find out where do y'all like to meet. Is it outside? Where do y'all think? A coffee shop called Coffee, kind of like what our amazing ox crew always the us on. <laughs> <laughs> it just called Coffee, like yes. the app. Yeah, coffee. yeah. <laughs> and they misspelled coffee, it. Question mark. And so no one knows that it's an actual okay. coffee shop. They don't know. Sal's what Coffee. Sal's Coffee. Yeah. All right. There you go. Y'all are, y'all are scheduled to meet. I'm going to write it in. It is now part of the lore. Sal's coffee. Can we put a question mark, please, as part of the yep. logo or yeah, something? There's a question mark because they, mm-hmm. they obviously didn't know how to spell it. Yeah. <laughs> so most people don't know it's a coffee shop. What's or a sometimes... ko-fi? They think it's... Um, 
All right. Most people think it's an internet cafe. Mm-hmm. No Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they, they don't, don't have, have internet. internet. They don't. No. Very confusing place. I've mm, checked we a like times. It. Sal's Coffee Shop. Because no one right, goes so there. Sal's Coffee. It's like our own little place. Sal's Coffee is, we'll say, it's one of those coffee shops that is doesn't have a lot of tables. Has a lot of open space for sofas and chairs that have long since worn out their upholstery. Like the type that they're on the verge of breaking through and showing the springs underneath kind of upholstery, which has added to some of the charm of the place. Um, there is a bar area too. And those seats are actually much newer. They actually kind of have that nice gleaming chrome look to them and a good cushion. Um, does also have a fine wooden paneled uh, bar that people can sit at very similar to what you might see in a typical uh, coffee bean or something like this, just kind of nice wood paneled bar area where you see a couple of employees work here. Um, you're not sure who Sal's coffee is named after. Certainly the person who owns it isn't named Sal, but whoever it is, uh, maybe there's a story behind it. Who knows? But this place at least is far enough out of the way from some of the major chains that it has attracted the more bohemian flavor of creative types which means this place has glamour. And it might not be the type of glamour you can necessarily harvest, but its presence can be felt every time you walk in here. It's one of those indie coffee shops that takes a bunch of local art, and it doesn't have to be paintings. And some of it is children's art placed on the walls. Some of it is like for every beautiful painting of somebody who's mastered the Impressionist movement, there's somebody who's created a picture of Hulk using dried macaroni and green markers. And that one's mine, actually. <laughs> and glued it onto a white paper plate and hung it on the wall. Um, Not a child's. That, Definitely Sal's mine. Coffee can host about 50 or so people, so it's got a nice space to it. <gasps> oh. And we'll say the time clicks at about 10, 15 a.m. before everyone starts to rally here. Y'all had promised each other you were going to meet here before heading to the Freehold later today. Um, and in your excitement, there is cause to go to the Freehold a little early if you so choose. There's two things that are happening with y'all specifically tonight. Is y'all are going to be formally acknowledged by the Baron. But also, you are going to have the opportunity, should you so desire, to declare yourselves a motley. And even, should you so desire, give your motley a name to be known by. Plenty of things to agonize over. Who will say, will say that, well, let me ask, would you think it's in character? <laughs> and I'm, I'm asking this specifically because I, I, I think it would be, but do you think it would be in character for Skeeta to get there first? Uh, yes. And I think she would also be finishing up a phone call with the office as she's okay. walking in. I think who gets there second, even with their visit to the beach is Ashling, mm -hmm. which definitely gives you a, a snapshot of where we're at with Ruby. <laughs> Cause it's probably about 1030 by now. Uh, Ashling definitely finds the the seat that we always go to that is with her back in the corner. 
Okay. So we'll say it's that rotting chair. Yeah. She likes <laughs> the ones with the springs and she likes rope. no one being able to be behind her without her knowing it. Okay. So then positioning herself right in front of you, Skeeta, you see uh, Ashling enter the room, stepping into the coffee shop, wearing her signature top hat that some mortals look at questioningly because it looks like an old... To, to, to mortals, she looks like a very scrawny but tall 19-year-old who's in very comfy uh, clothing, lots of grays and blacks and light blue or like gray blues. And um, mm-hmm. she looks cool, but she definitely looks like she could nap somewhere like really easily. Um, and she's a teenager wearing a top hat, um, <laughs> which looks like, oh, what a funny kid. <laughs> yes there there are probably some snobby people looking back at you like oh the the night like oh this poor child's still stuck in the goth movement kind of like that sort of this sort of like that snobbery that some people have but yeah are, some, but some kids also, would be like yeah. oh what a weird goth and grandmothers yeah. would be like oh what a sweet kid <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's an old there's an old uh about her like that you look at her and you're like, that's an 80 year old, like teenager. Yeah. yeah, She just has that vibe. With your appearance Mm -hmm. level. Yeah. It's undeniable that you carry yourself with an incredible sense of style and confidence that uh, whether or not you exude that when you open your mouth and speak to people is a totally different matter. But seeing you on the street, when you walk into the coffee shop, as always, you turn heads. I think she, she still hasn't said anything. And all she does is like a tip of her hat to the to the barista behind the the counter mm-hmm. and a uh, a chamomile tea with a cinnamon stick just like goes straight to the counter. Okay. Um, you tip your hat. The barista looks up at you and goes, "Oh, hey Polly. Um let me see if I can get you your usual." Mm-hmm. Uh what what were you let's see. What is your usual? It was what the tea. Yeah. He starts. I, I think I'm like already reaching for the tea with the cinnamon stick, mm-hmm. and okay, and, and 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 then I I just look up and I go, "You already made it." Oh yeah, I, I made that already. <laughs> I'm sorry. You enjoy that now. I'll put that on um on well the tab, I guess. I already turn and walk away. <laughs> you turn away, and he just if anybody lingered on him, they would catch the like just like. you move over and sit yourself down right in front of skeeta uh out of curiosity describe us i mean we see it in the beautiful art but skeeta to the mortals is wearing probably a business suit Mm -hmm. would you say yeah but in the dreaming to those who have the eyes of the changelings who can see the glamour what do you describe her outfit yeah so uh, oh and i also didn't mention but she does mm-hmm. have green skin mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. is kind of like a nice, yummy, medium to dark green olive tone. And yes, her her normal wear is a dress. And it's kind of like a Tinkerbell dress where it's like strapless, sleeveless, cute little like almost corset type of top and then poofs out uh, to about a knee length. But it's made of strips of shimmering, gossamer and other fabrics just like looks like they're just attached together with magic almost um it's not see-through though it's just a very ethereal looking 
light, uh, light textured, but dark and shimmering colored dress. Despite this beautiful look, none of the mortals here seem to be paying any attention. Even with the power suit on, you can tell, and you've always known this, but Ashling, Skeeta always looks like a boss, especially in her mortal form. Like, carries that. Is somebody who gets shit done and gets stuff together. No one seems to be paying attention to her. No one seems to ever pay attention to her unless she speaks up or says anything. You also notice, and I'm going <laughs> to... We could actually willpower roll this if you want, but I'm going to just throw in just a little bit of flavor here. But I think uh, I think there's just an, an unnecessary amount of sugars and like cup holders that have been accumulated over by where <laughs> Skeeta is sitting. <laughs> and she does not need them for her drink. And yet they have found their way and just kind of piled up off to the side. <laughs> it's for green ones, you know? <laughs> I, I think Ashlyn... Uh, uh, Ashling like looks oh, like finally makes eye contact with you for like a, a, a flash, and then looks down at a sugar cube, and then slowly extends their fingers <laughs> while grabbing one and seeing if you react. Skeeta is just holding her caramel latte in a mug and sipping it and watching you with <laughs> wide eyes spider on the web is watching her she take slides the sugar cube across the table mm-hmm. picks it up looks up at you one more time plops it <laughs> and then goes back down the ritual is complete mm-hmm. you managed to get a sugar cube away from skeeta <laughs> yeah. amazing um at about that point we'll say Oh yeah, Ruby, Ruby makes your grand entrance. Yep, uh, just chaos. Obviously, I'm late, but am I really? Uh, the door. You yes. hear the, the little bell oh. jingle, and you hear um, uh, a little bit of chaos as like I bump into uh, probably a little table of books and knock down some of the books. And go, huh, whoops, and uh, get go over to the to the to the bar oh, where I it's- get my coffee. Um, my very extra large uh, vanilla latte with a pump of white chocolate and uh um butterscotch covered on top for some reason i don't know why and uh, i'm wearing a purple long sleeve shirt with the sleeves bunched up but um the the shoulders are cut out and then i'm wearing like denim overalls one of the overalls is broken and uh Mm. it's pretty paint splattered um also the purple shirt uh, it looks probably it doesn't look like tie-dye but probably i just spilled bleach on it so many times random things and overwashed it to where you don't know what color it was supposed to be, but it has like different shades of I'm 50 shades of not gray. And, Mm. um, so then I'm, I'm just getting my coffee and, uh, I, I, I run. And also at this coffee shop, I have my own beanbag chair that I have provided donated, uh, very graciously to the coffee shop that no one sits on because it looks not it looks questionable it's kind of like patchworked together um maybe some of the kids would use it if they ever came into the coffee shop but uh it's where i i put the little beanbag chair right across from from skeeta and ashling and i plop down uh with my legs crossed and my 
thing. And I was just like, my alarm didn't even go off. <laughs> Crazy, right? And then I just take a sugar cube off the table right in front of Skeeta, throw it up, pop it in my mouth. Don't even like, and then just. I'm renaming this game, Bonnie the Dreaming. <laughs> like clearly. Uh, <laughs> Ashling is, is watching you very intently. And then very quietly, she says, I like your haircut. Thank you. <laughs> I had to make a pit stop at the salon yesterday, but you know, uh, I just say take a little bit off the top and they just take a whole chunk off. And then I had to go, you know, was running late and all again for work. And so uh, they'll do the rest of it probably tomorrow or the next day. I'll probably get this other side cut evenly, but I kind of like it not, you know, if I was thinking if I wrap it around this way, you can't even tell. Maybe I'll just shave the whole side off. Who knows? Nice hat again. You could have one of those very blunt layered looks. I think it would look really good. I, I mean, if it's on a very layered individual, I think that it would really, uh, mm -hmm. I think that it might actually benefit the look I'm going for, which is obviously layered. If it's not too edgy a look for the school. I mean, you know, they're pretty cool about me uh, dressing the way I like, which is pretty nice considering I'm just really substituting half the time. And then, you know, the after school programs, they're not really caring about what I do or where they're. So <laughs> it works out. Edgy, ed, you know, edgy's like the new, uh, the new hip for the kids or something. <laughs> well, we're all here. Oh, uh, does anyone remember this pen? And I pull out the pen. I'm going to ask the group. Does that belong to either one of you? It's definitely mine. I just grab it. Okay. <laughs> missing a beat, you just reach over and snatch it. <laughs> Thanks. Just put it in my bag. Is it, it, uh, I actually don't want to ask out loud. I w can I do a roll to see if it's actually her, or, you know. Oh, yeah. the first goal of the game is to find out if the puka is lying. Wow. Oh, it's perfect. Just repeat that sentence over, the Eric. And first <laughs> roll of the game. All right. So, yes, you can roll to find out whether or not she is telling the truth. Um, <laughs> this is roll? going to be a perception uh, plus, I believe, let me double, uh, this is going to be a perception empathy. Okay, perception. And uh, Ruby, if you would like to resist, which I'm sure you would, this is going to be manipulation plus subterfuge. Okay. <laughs> so what y'all will do is you will add up all of the dice that you see as dots between those two those two pools mm -hmm. and roll it. You need six or higher. Every success counts okay. against the other. So go ahead and roll those dice. Tell me how many sixes or higher you've got. And if... Okay. Okay. Oh, oopsie. Wait. <laughs> I was supposed to. What happened here? I had uh, my thing open. There it is. Okay. Because I, and then it, it closed out. So now I have to go back to my dice of my digital mm -hmm. dice. No, I swear. Okay. Hold on. Let me count my. What was it? D10s? D10s. Mm -hmm. Perception, empathy. D10's perception. Oh, no, sorry. That was for me. And for how many? Uh, what? So you're going to roll, you're going to roll, you're going to add those two dice pulls together and roll all those 10 sided dice. 
and then once you oh, roll them, count the ones that are count the count the ones that are six or higher. Those count as your successes, and it's literally who gets the most successes. And yours is what is she rolling? Manipulation something. Manipulation plus subterfuge, and you are rolling. Uh, technically, it should be I think it should be wits empathy. If you want to roll wits empathy, that's an option too. But oh. uh, perception empathy because you're kind of staring her in the face and trying to figure out if she's lying <laughs> to you. They're the same, so yeah. it's all good. And I already rolled. Okay. Oh, I, do I say something? Uh, <laughs> I, I got three. You'll never be able to tell when Bonnie is in or out of character in this game. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> uh, I what did three. you think? <laughs> it's three successes. definitely mine. Oh. How many successes did you get? Five successes. Five successes? You, your first roll of the game was exceptional. So you five successes is like rolling a nat 20. So uh, getting five you do realize I just had to roll eight die. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of oh, what you do. So um, she, she looks at you with all the sincerity and like confidence. Uh, there, there was something a little suspicious by how just nonchalant she was. But oh, yeah, that's mine and took it. But no, I, I, it must be hers. You, you think it must be hers. I'm going to take it back out. You can borrow it anytime you like. You know, I actually rarely wear it. I mean, is it, I'm sorry. I thought it was a hairpin. Is that not a hairpin? I, I use it as a hairpin. <laughs> I'm just going to put it in my hair because <laughs> apparently I, I thought it was a hairpin uh, from earlier. But no, no, it's an actual pin, right? Like a writing pin. Mm-hmm. That's that's the pro- yes. trouble. This is out. This is Bonnie talking, not Ruby. This is the problem of being from Louisiana. When I say pin or pen, <laughs> pen or pen, like I'm thinking yeah. a pin. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I was thinking a hairpin. I mm-hmm. thought it was like a pretty hairpin. But well, Ruby right. uses it as a hairpin and yeah, puts exactly. it up in one of her little buns, right? Mm-hmm. And the other one has a paintbrush in it. So it kind of matches. I think it works. You keep it. Thanks. It, it's mine. <laughs> oh, you know. Okay. So you should keep it. But again, feel free to borrow it anytime you like. Again, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I have so many pins at home. It's fine. I'm sure yeah. I'll. I'm sure I'll find more. Shall we talk about the fact that we might be in very big trouble later or receiving a very high honor? Yes, I suppose we should. Um, Do you think that this call to court is a good thing or a bad thing? Ugh. I've never been to court before. Court sounds so boring. I object! (laughs) You know, I almost went to law school. I just keep drinking my tea, my coffee. Did you? Yeah, this really wasn't for me. How many years? Oh, I said I almost went to law school. Didn't actually go. Oh. I did go to med school for two years, though. Ugh, too much blood. Not a fan. So, yeah, you know. But court. It's not that type of court. I know, I know. I'm just, you know. Trying to make light of the situation. I don't like being in trouble. Well, why would we be in trouble? We haven't done anything wrong. Have we? we... No, we definitely haven't done anything wrong. We We haven't been for very long. It's possible we did a slight without realizing it, I suppose. We also could have achieved some sort of honor that I'm unaware of. We could be receiving a medal. I like medals. 
I like metal, just in general. Hmm. Shiny, smooth. They're okay, I guess. I have a few track medals at home, but I mean, those from when I was really young. I don't run much anymore. Hmm. Skeeta, uh, if you are looking at her, she seems to be lost in thought. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to access memories that she has not been able to access since her awakening about the something about maybe being in trouble. She's now worried that something in the past could have gotten her in trouble and she can't remember like any of her past. So she's. Ruby's thinking to the past week and a half of, of going, she's going through everything that she's done. That was maybe questionable going like. So silence is falling onto the conversation where everyone's kind of like, did we screw up? And Ashling is so happy. Inserted <laughs> 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 that one little just chaos into the whole thing. And it got them all quiet. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm curious. Hold on a second. I am curious. Yes. Uh, one moment. <laughs> I, I have questions about this behavior. One second. Mm. Who's mm. the slua mute? Which behavior? Okay. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Whoa, whoa, what? I was looking at your unseelie legacy. I was curious of how this. I was just. I was just curious. I'm mm -hmm. not going to be super rigid about that, but I was just curious if you were entertaining a more mischievous side of yourself. But in this case, no. You're just being. You're just being Ashlyn. Just being Ash. Oh, for Pandora, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, these aren't secrets. Yeah, these aren't secrets. Mm -hmm. Ashling isn't. Okay. No, yeah, no, these aren't secrets. These are just, um, this is her uh, exercising her knowledge and, and curiosity. Mm. And it usually making uh, uh, the, the, her friends uh, <laughs> go quiet in contemplation. Yeah. It's the yeah. only time Ruby's ever quiet is when you make her think really hard. <laughs> Wait a minute. And um, Skeet is quiet when she's stealing things because she's very stealthy. Mm -hmm. So if she goes quiet, you should check your pockets. <laughs> In fact, I would like to steal back the pen. <gasps> okay. Amazing. That's, that is that is going to be a roll <laughs> to see if you can snatch it up. Okay, so hold on. It's in my hair. Okay. Yeah. Now, now I might exercise my thing if this yeah. goes down. Uh, there, I love this. Yes. It's so okay. sweet. Uh, okay. Yeah. So if you're going to try to swipe that, so I'm guessing like playing it off and maybe getting out of your chair to go return the, the teacup or whatever. Exactly. The coffee cup. Okay. So I then would you're like to try to roll. perceive this. Okay. So Aliza, uh -huh. she is going to roll a Dex plus uh, Larceny check here. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Steal this. Uh, oh, Aliza is. Aliza. Okay. But I have a lot of dicks. Okay. Yeah. So, so basically, Skeeta's going to be rolling her larceny check because she's trying to basically, you know, pickpocket this out of her mm -hmm. hair, as it were. Yeah. Um, to anybody who wants to perceive this happening. Yes. The roll is a, uh, oh, <laughs> a perception plus alertness check. 
Great. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 I don't even think Savani, I roll your I... one die. <laughs> wait, but wait. Hold the phone. Can I, can I, uh, can I argue with you and say that I could do perception uh, and streetwise because I have a, I have a talent in like con bus no. or, or larceny. I could uh, roll my larceny perception because she's trying to larceny me. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't even want to, I don't even want to, uh, I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> I don't even want to roll. I, you know what? I'm so deep in thought thinking about my exploits from um, before. It's, you, I'm not even going to know. I'm not even going to bother rolling the one die. I don't think I'm going to. An argument could be made for a wits larceny check here, but honestly, you don't see, like, with, with one perception, I'm going to say she doesn't really see this coming. So let's go ahead and make the roll. You're not even going to bother rolling? No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So go ahead and make the roll, Skeeta. And uh, Gina, it's the same for... Yes. Uh, I, I figured. Um, and you said that if you have above four dots, you have a special in that. Does this apply to that? So specialty, you get to pick and you have to pick. It could be anything. It could be like if uh, like I'll give you an example. If you took if you had like a brawl of four or five, it means you get to pick a specialty for your brawl skill, which means you could so say that like doesn't boxing. that doesn't apply to attributes. Uh, it, it would apply to the role, but you would need to have pre-selected it. Okay. So it's like picking something. You can pick anything that you think would apply to it. And it has a bunch of suggestions. So like if you were to take academics and you had four dots in academics, you could say astrophysics Got as my it. specialty. If it was perception, you might be able to say things like uh, spotting things out of place or... Um, okay, I'll put more like, thought into that then. Yeah, like alertness is eavesdropping, danger sense, fine details, wilderness, and streets. Okay. For like perception checks specialties and perceptions are like vigilant clairvoyant discerning insightful detail oriented mm. i think detail oriented i could see that uh so then let's go ahead and make uh did skeeta make her roll yes i got two tens you got two tens okay ashley what did you get for your for your role she sees it all she sees everything. <laughs> What's amazing, Ashley, is maybe you're not, it's, it's hard to say. It's like one of those incidents where you, where you can't tell if, if you're moving or if the train is moving. It's the same situation. You don't know if it's that Skeeta is just amazing or if Ruby just has no freaking clue what's going on around her right now. And could, you could have probably just like, you know, dangled a cat toy in front of her and she would have noticed. But it's smooth. <gasps> wait, just, wait a minute. Just smoothly takes that right out of her hair and uh, takes her cup back. <laughs> Ruby doesn't even notice that some of her hair falls out of place. <laughs> I'm used it's to that. <laughs> you are very easily pickpocketed. Hmm? Why would you say that? <laughs> can is that one that maybe that's when I can I that is what she says to you. She just says it directly to you. You have so no point it, of reference for where that's coming from, though. Oh. <laughs> you have no idea why she said that to you. You have no idea. I'll be like, well, when I'm distracted, I'm probably an easy mark, but then I'll just pickpocket something back. That seems likely. I walk away with my coffee cup to the counter. Okay. 
<laughs> I, uh, that was I, me activating my Pandora, by the way. Oh. Go, <laughs> I'm going to go to um, grab something to like write something down and reach for the pen and go, huh. And look around and not realize it's gone and just pull a pin out of my bag. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, just not even care. And then just replace where it was. Um, Y'all spend a good part of the morning commiserating with each other. These little morning rituals of like the give and take and the push and the pull, it's all part of the thing that has led the three of you to bond. It's not just that your personalities have managed to find a way to coexist in a very sympathetic way. It's also the fact that the three of you are among the newest of the changelings here in the Barony of Olives. It kind of immediately off the bat developed into a looking out for each other kind of thing. Even though y'all don't really know each other's histories very well. You're not even sure where the ritual of meeting up at Sal's Coffee, question mark, came into play. It's really a miracle I'm here. <laughs> I feel like happening. we're like the new kids on the block. So we're just kind of like, hey, you look you look confused. I'm also confused. This is great. Mm-hmm. We can be confused together. You were very shiny. I liked that. Can they see Pipsqueak or is it just me? No. So oh. Pipsqueak cannot be at, Pipsqueak has difficulty operating when mortals are about. Right. If if humans are around and are looking directly at, at like what's going on, Pipsqueak doesn't materialize mm-hmm. or isn't there or is hiding somewhere. When mortals have their back turned, Pipsqueak can interact and do wild things and be mischievous. Can we say when um, Skeeta goes back to the because the I'm assuming the coffee shop is pretty empty right now when we're just this. If Skeeta's walking uh, back, I'm gonna randomly oh. roll. I'm gonna okay. pay, I'm gonna pick up a ten sided die and I'm gonna rank it on one to ten how busy the coffee shop is. Wait. And I roll a five, so it's so so. Medium. Well, yeah. we're probably in the. But y'all are regular, so nobody's coming yeah. over here right now. Well, I was gonna say if Skeeta gets up to like go, uh, if out of the corner of my eye, I see Pip Squeak, uh, kind of climbing up to the back of the chair, about to knock off uh, Ashling's top hat, and I'll be like, no, no, nope, and then just kind of. Is it, I'm guessing Pipsqueak is that kind of mischief maker. <laughs> well, it, I, I think it's like it's it, you know it's 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 a big it's a little it's a little much. I for think for all of Pipsqueak's ability to be a mischief maker, Pipsqueak is no way Pipsqueak is going to be able to crawl up the back of the Slua without the Slua knowing it's happening. You can uh, see Ashling is noted. Ashling doesn't seem to be reacting to it, but Pipsqueak also when you're shaking your head, Pipsqueak's paw was about to push the hat and just goes. Shaking, you're going no, and Pipsqueak's going no. Body the knows the trouble mm-hmm. I see. Like I'm like playing it off, but <laughs> that I wasn't actually talking to him. <laughs> no. If if, a- no. if if Ashling had haunches, she would be very still, but just a little bit of the, yeah. like the fur on the back of her neck would be going off right um, now. Pipsqueak suddenly anything behind you, you see her. Pipsqueak's hair suddenly stand on end. Pipsqueak's eyes suddenly grow wide like someone sent an electrical current through them. You just see him go and the tiger, this little tiger cup immediately dashes off and vanishes underneath the chair. I'm just gonna and you you see for a brief moment um a shadow shift behind almost like something was disturbed like pipsqueak disturbed like a shadow in ashlyn's hair mm. 
Ashling's hair begins to move a little bit and you see something more like it looks like an inky darkness begins to spill out down around her shoulders for a second. And for a brief moment, you see an eye split the darkness and open made of pure bale, like yellow, like the sickly yellowed color that slightly glows, just glances at you for a moment before it closes again and slinks back into her hair. You just see me staring at you. Ashley, like with like no real expression, like very like poker face of like you don't know if I'm like scared or amused. There's a purple just- blur as that tiger cub of yours, Pipsqueak, bolts from underneath the chair, right underneath your chair. Now, a mortal who can't see this happening mm-hmm. might actually look up as they see suddenly the bottom of your chair just start flapping, like something dashed underneath it, like a mouse rushed underneath your chair, mm-hmm. but nothing was there. And I'm just gonna stare at Ashley and just go. That hat really brings the color out of your eye eyes. Uh, huh. and uh, I think Ashlyn sort of t- uh, sort of has the the demeanor of someone who just suddenly got a migraine. Mm. Mm-hmm. There's like a lot of tension in her forehead, and um, the space between her eyes seems to shrink as as her muscles kind of tense around her face. And as she takes her top hat off, uh, the shadow that the brim was causing is still there, despite not having the hat there anymore. (laughs) As uh, she kind of runs her hands through her hair and then down her neck. And you just hear the faintest little sigh um, come out of her mouth. And then she puts her top hat back on. I'm just going to kick the bottom of my chair like weak like, like, don't do that again type of you, thing you might want to tell your friend to be more careful sneaking up on others is a dangerous thing mm. that one has a mind of his own doesn't really listen much to me I just we think all was, have a mind of our own I just think he was a fan of your hat <laughs> don't worry it probably won't happen again <laughs> I, I'll 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 get a hat for home. You can play with it then. Out of I have some extras. Yeah. What's your curiosity? My curiosity is I want to know, and you can tell me this, Ashling. Mm-hmm. Have they seen that before? Do you think that they've seen that no. before? No, I this think I first th- time. I, I think that if would be seen first- it in me. Yeah, I believe I, okay. uh, I I would say you might have seen the shadow around her, mm-hmm. the like smoke that you just would have assumed was her essence. Like the, she sort mm-hmm. of seeps, she tends to seep. Um, she kind of has a little bit of like a mirage cloud around her at some mm-hmm. times if you look at her too long. So I think you've noticed that, but I, I would say that that might be the first time you've seen a different color eye. Um. And it seems to be that Ashling isn't even noticing it. This that this is registering to her as something. Um, she doesn't seem self conscious about what just happened. She seems like, oh, I feel sick all of a sudden. Mm. Um, and she maybe looks a little more uh, p- displeased to be in public, and I, I think she maybe is starting to look a little more paranoid and a little more. Um, uh, reclusive as <laughs> she yeah, is like mm-hmm. she's like started to dip and she's like melting into her seat to make herself smaller and like 
um, is definitely uh, is definitely melting a little bit, mm-hmm. and her hermit tendencies are starting to come out. In the past, Ruby's made jokes about like cleansing your aura, like with like <laughs> crystals and like oils and stuff. And, and in the back of my mind, Ruby's putting in the back, going, like, "Yep, not making those jokes again. <laughs> not when it's been, <laughs> not when the aura looks back at me." <laughs> oh, <boy>. um, <laughs> the morning passes. Becomes early afternoon. You all enjoy each other's company. There's really not much to do except wait for the big event for the evening. Sure enough, as the day starts to get a bit later, you all start making your way towards the freehold, also known as Point Reed. Point Reed. What a beautiful spot. So named because it is on a small rocky island just off the coast. It is a five-minute boat ride. It is not connected to the land. And thankfully, thankfully, one of the boat operators is one of you. Is it me? On approach, you can see as you're walking down the dock, and this is one of many docks, there are two main docks that are here in the Barony of Olives. And I say that because I don't want Ruby to get this confused with the dock that she hangs out on. That one is in downtown. That one's a pier. Right across. Yeah, that pier is where a lot of people busk and do their thing and play music and that's where you like to hang but this dock is very much just for getting out to the freehold and sitting at the dock um in front of this very large boat that's uh it just just made for ferrying people back and forth you can see with his foot kicked up in front of him a knocker mm-hmm. Knocker has, this knocker has the, the signature sort of like almost painted white face with the big red dots that are kind of gathered around like the cheek areas and a muss, like just a mess of hair, shock white hair that kind of spits off into every direction, almost like somebody was about to style their hair like they were a Dragon Ball Z character and then just gave up halfway through. Mm-hmm. Um, wearing a black turtleneck, at least that's what the mortals would see. You all see what looks like a very beautiful black leather vest with silver inlay all over, uh, as well as what looks like sort of black and red striped breeches that come into these cufflinked boots. Very piratey looking from the, from the spotting of it. This is a, a knocker that you have all been acquainted with, really, but you haven't really gotten to know him. His name is Lord Amar. Mm. Um, he is his full name is lord amar ap dougal of the house dougal he is a lord um his mortal seeming to anybody who is coming out here would see a middle-aged uh black man who is looks like he has carried on uh living here uh, on the docks for quite most of his life um as a changeling you see what would look like a black man that has like these white striped paints that kind of denote almost like the clown makeup that, that is almost like a mockery of a clown makeup, like a typical clown makeup that makes him into a knocker. Um, and the shock of white hair is a stark contrast to his mortal seeming, which has shaved head. Whereas this knocker has this wild mane of white hair that no mortal could possibly have hmm. um, on your approach. 
his lordship glances up at all of you. It looks like he's carving into something. It's hard to say what it is, but it, just from the looks of it, it looks like he's got a piece of dross, like he's sculpting something out of dream stuff. Mm. You're not sure what. He's got this little pocket knife that has a golden blade, and he's just raking it across what looks like to mortals might look like a shock of wood. And he sees you all approaching, and he nods. He doesn't say anything. He just gets up and folds the blade in, and immediately hops down onto the boat and then offers his hand. Um, as somebody with title, it has not, we would say it has not affected his lordship. Amar has not treated everybody like he is to be deferred to. And this is not uncommon for commoners who achieve title. But he extends his hands out to each one of you to help you onto the boat. I don't take it. Okay. But I do say, uh, no offense, as I, as I kind of brush past. None taken. Thank you. I walk up and I uh, hit the post of the wood where the boat is, uh, you know, staying. And I'm like, what's up, Doc? And then I go, what's up, Knock? And I grab his hand and I, <laughs> I get on the boat. <laughs> you get onto the boat and he just gives you like the most exhausted side eye as he turns back to Skeeta to help her onto the boat. You are very funny. <laughs> she says with a blank face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be doing this all goddamn day, aren't I? Uh, it is a busy night for you, isn't it? I take yeah. his hand and let him help me onto the boat. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be busy all day today. That's all right. It's good to see everybody. It's good to see you. Um... It's good to see. Uh, is this is this all of you? For now. All right. But uh I don't know, maybe you could give us an idea of what this uh court meeting is about, per se. Have you word <laughs> on the word on the dock? <laughs> I don't change diapers, kiddo. He just goes over and starts at the boat. <laughs> the whole thing begins to shudder to life. Um, it's at that point where you all realize this boat looks bizarre. Um, the boat itself on the outside looks kind of like a recycled tug, like an old tugboat that's been sort of reused into what's sort of like a, a, a crappy little passenger ferry. But to the change, the eyes of the kith, this is more than just a tugboat. The thing itself looks like it is lined with brass and golds and coppers. So that the edges of this thing look very earthy and kind of like rusted almost, but it gives it a gleam in the sunlight in the morning sunlight, or I should say now the late afternoon sunlight. Um, the wood itself, it, to the eyes of the dreaming, you can see it's finely paneled, well lacquered, well taken care of. Beautiful like interior, red velvet seats where everyone can sit. And the backing of each of those seats looks like it's made out of, no joke, oddly enough, bathroom tile. And somehow that is formed into uh, these dark greens and blue bathroom tiles have formed into chairs that people can sit in um, and be somewhat comfortable for the choppy boat ride as y'all begin to move out. He push shoves off and begins to start up the engine and just starts to slide gently out and immediately like the smell of if you can if you can smell it for those of you who are familiar with this the smell of like burning cotton candy 
rather than diesel fuel, begins to fill everybody's nostrils. And he just, you see him react to it immediately like he wasn't expecting. He goes, God damn it, I need to fix that fucking thing again. Fucking, God fucking damn it. This fucking boat. Fuck this boat. I, why did I fucking make this fucking boat? He starts immediately just tearing, like shouting at the boat and starts kicking at it for a split second. And then he immediately breaks out into a whistle as he starts casually just... While he's fixing it, uh, I, I, I deeply breathe in the smell of cotton candy and reminisce on my upbringing. As you all begin to motor your way across this choppy water lane to this small island where the freehold awaits you, for those who would have been sharp with the eyes to see what is moving about the surface of the waterline, for a brief moment... There is the silhouette of a being peeking its head up out of the water and looking at all of you with curiosity before diving back underneath. And we are going to go on our break. I think we all know what my perception is, so I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. Ruby's going to be like, wait, when did we get on a boat? Whoa! <laughs> I'm on a boat! I was like, yeah. Never thought I'd be. We'll be back in 10 minutes, everybody. Don't go <laughs> Welcome back to the Barony of Olives. We are just now arriving at the Freehold, where the Changelings are going to be having uh, their very first formal court to recognize the fact that they have gone through their naming ceremonies and possibly might be taking an oath of fealty or maybe acknowledging that they've taken the oath of fealty, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> um, so where we last left off, y'all had just crossed that small patch of water that takes you out to this large, rocky island that has a single building on it, which is the Freehold, also known as Point Reed. Thank now, you. bless you. My goodness, I wasn't even looking at the screen and you scared the hell out of me. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, Point Reed is an old lighthouse that was built at the turn of the 20th century. This was built when just... After uh, this was built during Jack London's time, when there were still tall ships, they were taking cargo in and out of San Francisco and the uh, Los Angeles areas. Like this is one of the old school lighthouses, built to look like a large manor with a large lighthouse top, like the the lighthouse itself coming out of the center of the building. But it looks like one of those old styled like multi-storied, like beautiful turn-of-the-century houses. Even has a brick fireplace that peeks up out of its roof. Even on the outside to the mortal world who can't see into the, into the chimerical reality that the dreaming is. It is a beautiful, well-built wooden lighthouse with large open spaces and like patioed areas and a couple of other buildings that kind of circle around the sides of it. One of them happens to be a gift shop for mortals who come by and visit the lighthouse. This place is not off limits to the public. It's one of those places where a freehold exists in plain view, where the public can come and go and visit this place as they see fit. And even occasionally functions as an Airbnb from time to time. Um, to the changeling eyes though, to the, those who live in the chimerical reality of the dreaming, 
approaching this island is always in in the time that you have all lived here this has always been a very exciting moment because not only are you approaching this stunningly beautiful uh two-story mansion as it were with the house well i should say it's two-story with a tower built into the side of it which at the top sits a lighthouse but um it's also a place where glamour is exudes from the bale fire that lives in the center of the freehold out here you don't have the mortal the autumn world all around you constantly pressing banality down against you and pushing back the disbelief the crushing uh, weight of the the world of stress and the world that tries to deny your face side constantly casting its shadow over all of you out here everything comes a little more into focus think of it like you didn't know what ultra 4k looked like until you you saw it for the first time and noticed the difference it's kind of the same sort of stark reality where you're like oh right right this is what it looks like when you pull up to the dock itself to the chimerical eyes this lighthouse looks like something out of an old like a place that would exist in the dreams of an Oscar Wilde novel or a poem. It looks like, um, it looks like it has these incredibly well sculpted, articulated, like well carved wooden beams that cover the sides of the building itself that are articulated are just like beautifully sculpted into unicorn heads that are coming out the side, like these great sort of almost in the position where you might find gargoyles, but instead you find these beautiful dark lacquered purple heart, uh, wooden unicorns that are breaching out of the top they they don't look like the pretty like cheerful unicorns you'd see as a kid they look more in keeping with the coat of arms of the house that rules this freehold house skaha this the unicorns look almost a little mm, uh, just a little on the almost on the evil side they're just a little more angular, a little more serious with these narrowed eyes that angle downwards like it's somebody with fury in their mind gazing at you with hatred. But no emotion coming from the coat of arms itself. Rather, just seems to be something of an intimidating coat of arms. Mm. You see the building itself is painted a deep, rich purple that gradiently be- begins to bleed into a soft soft blue towards the top almost like you were coming out of the depths of the ocean closer to the surface where the sunlight is able to break through it's quite the place and milling about on the outside changelings chimerical creatures everywhere all of them milling about and having discussions some of them in the most fabulous garb that has been constructed by pure imagination and will sculpted around them draping off of them stuff that are literally made of dreams gleaming golden armor denoting rank and also their status as a warrior people wearing swords and sharing laughter as they're having glasses of wine with one another but also again the chimerical creatures that are in play here there are more than a few animals that only exist chimerically that you can see milling about and a few chimerical uh, creatures from the dreaming that also mill about here at the freeholds, particularly today when the doors are closed to visitors. Always on the day when they're holding court. As you're all pulling up, 
the knocker lord and i'm gonna have to get used to saying that but the knocker lord who escorted you over here the dock master lord amar throws that rope right around one of these great pillars of wood just <laughs> sinks it perfectly and pulls it up as he basically starts lashing this boat up to the side of the dock and says all right get the fuck off mm. my boat mm. go on thank you for the journey lord amar abdugo you're welcome lord you're amar welcome. we're friends right you shouldn't talk to us like that how the fuck else would i talk to my friends I smile. <laughs> see you later. See you later. Have a good court. I'll see you later there tonight. Um, and uh, yeah, Ruby just kind of uh, as a like doesn't know what to do to a mm-hmm. lord and just kind of <laughs> he just looks at you and goes, "It's a start." It'll I'm working fun. on it. I'm working on it. Keep working. That's what matters. No, but then, seriously, uh, get the fuck off my boat. Watch your fucking language. And then I just huff <laughs> off. <and laughs> <laughs> he doesn't really, he doesn't really <laughs> respond to that. He just goes back. I give him a wink. I give him a wink and hop off. <laughs> okay. You bounce off. Um, scurrying after you is your chimerical little, your, your little Pip mini squeak. tiger. Pipsqueak kind of scrambles up the side of the boat and grabs hold of the bottom of your pants as you're just like, like he doesn't want to get left behind and you just end up dragging him up on top of the dock and he just comes sliding to his stomach and then he just stands up and then goes, finally stands on all fours and is just looking around. Um, uh, Ashling is making a beeline for the keep. She's sort of like observing everyone, but, but is wanting to take in all of it. Uh, as quick as possible to like get the lay of the land okay. and uh and you notice like as as ashling gets closer closer to the building the closer she gets to this sort of incredible amount of glamour she starts to look like she's floating and far more otherworldly as she keeps getting closer and then her arms sort of like keep stretching out a little bit and she gets a little more spindly and a little more off-putting um mm-hmm. the closer she gets and she just has this massive grin on her face Okay. Yeah, the dreaming is close. Mm-hmm. The bale fire that rests at the center of the freehold is the dreaming brought forth into the mortal world. It is an expression of the dreaming itself. And it exudes glamour and is given to changelings from whom the Baron decides to give it to. The Baron, as you have all been taught, has total control over this freehold. And he can decide who he gives glamour to and who is allowed access to the bale fire. But even if that's the case... Nothing can deny that the proximity, the fact that there is a trod here that can take you into the near dreaming, the proximity and the presence of all these other changelings here gathering and having conversations and reconnecting, it's otherworldly. You were removed from, you're not on the coast of California. You're now off the coast of California. You're on a small little island where only changelings are now. Chimerical creatures that are moving about and chasing each other and having arguments and serving drinks and whatnot as you see them walking around. Um, I will say that what you notice more, more prevalent than anything else is Sir Galia Apskaha, your former mentor. She is present here. Now, you see her... She is very easy to spot in the crowd. Her mortal seeming is a middle-aged woman who's just starting to get in her first gray hairs on that luscious chestnut brown head of hers. She is somebody who 
for the better part of her life, looks like she's probably and presents herself as somebody who has spent most of her, her life living humbly. Nothing too outstanding about her way of dressing. She doesn't wear bright colors. She wears like simple shirts and jeans and whatnot. She looks like one of those kids that probably grew up on a ranch when she was younger and just didn't have anybody to impress and didn't care. Was much more interested in riding horses, that kind of person. Um, can probably dress up if she wants to, but doesn't really. Now, her true self, her face self, is a troll that stands close to six and a half feet tall, considerably larger than her mortal seeming, and is cut. <laughs> she is uh, a woman at six, at six feet, seven inches tall. She is a blue-skinned troll with short horns coming out the top of her head. The brown hair persists here in her, mortal, in her troll seeming, but... The breastplate that she has on that has notches that she accumulated during her early days as a knight, uh, denoting the times during tournament where she has unhorsed people in a joust, um, is something that she bears with pride. You also notice the chimerical blade that she has on her side also stands out. It looks like it's made of the purest moon silver, all made of dream stuff, literally forged from the stuff of dreams. In the mortal realm, people would think that she had what looks like an old walkie-talkie clipped to her belt. But here in the Dreaming, that is a blade that's about four and a half feet long and it exudes her authority of office. She is the right hand of the Baron and a beloved mentor to the three of you. She was the one that mentored all of you when you first had your chrysalis and woke up to your changeling selves. Mm. And the world was terrifying and scary. For those of you who were here, Mary of Olives, and not somewhere else having your chrysalis. <clears throat> um, but she was the one that introduced you all into, into the Changeling Society, who helped you understand some of the codes of conduct. For example, the things that had to have been said right off the top. Everyone knows you're a Pisky. Everyone expects you to be a Pisky. But you will find there's a very fine line when it comes to courtly etiquette. However, we'll work it out. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Everyone knows you're a puka. Everyone expects you to be a puka. Please don't make me have to say something to you in the middle of court. Please just mind your manners. That's all I ask. You can be yourself all you want. I just... Please just be yourself, but with manners. That's I all have, I ask. I have never embarrassed I believe you, you before. I shouldn't, but I do. And I have faith in you. And I know, I know you're going to try. I really will. But, Look, I'm, I'm actually really excited to meet Baron Naramus. And... Darling, she puts her big hands on your shoulder and looks at you seriously. And she says... You know, actually, on second thought, I'm going to let you have to work this out yourself. You're is no a bow acceptable? Is what acceptable? A bow is, and is a bow acceptable? Yes, and refer to the Baron as my lord. Okay, not your majesty. Got it. No, not your majesty. 
You're going to say it though, aren't you? You're going to say something else. Darling, she puts her hands on your shoulders again. She says, you're going to be fine. You're going to be absolutely fine. Everybody knows, but it's important. What I'm trying to drive home to you is this. You're no longer going through your period of grace, let's say. Does that make sense? Do I'm you- not nervous. I will look like directly in her eyes and like. <laughs> she nods and says, okay, I think I understand. How can I put this? I'll put it this way. It's okay to be nervous. Court's not for everybody. I'm going to be honest with you. She looks at you and leans in close. The the troll bends down and looks you in the eyes and says, I hate court. Don't tell anyone I said that, but I hate court. I like working for the Baron, but I hate court. So when we have court tomorrow night, I need you to just be polite. That's all. And the reason why is because the seining is done. It's done. You've learned all that I can teach you. You're going to be expected to... Never mind. I remember it all. Okay, sure. That's great. Oh, dear. Cut to the present day. And as y'all are walking up the patio, she looks over from her goblet. Yeah? Ashley looks over at the teacher and has this flash in her head of feeling left out when she singled out the other two fae at the (laughs) meeting and didn't feel like like it was necessary to talk to her. And she gets a little FOMO, even though she was glad no one talked to her. She still gets a little FOMO because she's still a teenager. Mm, And then just like kind of is a little angry at her men at the mentor and just kind of like doesn't go say hi. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as all of y'all have left the boat and now stride up, you see her, she's holding a goblet and she acknowledges all of you as you're approaching and she excuses herself from the two changelings who she's talking to, moves away from those two kith and she moves over to the rest of you. And she comes to a stop as the two of you approach and she says, where's Ashling? She's right. I look for shadows. Mm. I don't see her. Where is she? She waves. She was right with us. I'm sure it's fine. She'll be here soon enough. She came with you on the boat, though, yes? Yes, she's here. She's here. She's definitely here. How's everybody doing? And she, like, reaches over and straightens your jacket a little bit. Ruby, she just kind of says, there's no way I can fix this. I'm not nervous. It's okay. You're going to be fine. I was nervous, and then I drank a lot of coffee, and now I'm just really excited. Wow, that has the opposite effect on me. Oh, really? Yes, I usually get excited, but then I have coffee and get nervous. Oh, <laughs> I like I like coffee. <laughs> she smiles warmly and says, tonight's going to be an interesting night. I've only just learned things in the past hour that I wasn't made aware of until the last minute. Why well, get close? Tell us. I hate courtly gossip. I'm a knight. I don't engage in courtly gossip. And she looks around. She says, but I haven't been sworn to secrecy on this end matter either. Okay. There's nothing pre- I have no oaths preventing me from saying anything. 
it's important that I tell you both that mm -hmm. I'm a troll. Mm -hmm. This is what I do. All right, come close. She leans down. And as she leans down at that point, just to get everyone here, as she leans down, it's almost alarming, but that's when you notice coming into frame is Ashling, who, <laughs> how she was there? You don't know, but as you all heard secrets being spoken. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, please let me dramatically enter. <laughs> um, I think what you get is a, when it's like, you don't know where she came from and only the audience gets privy to what just happened. And we see Ashlyn like grotesquely crawling through a tiny porthole, just like, <laughs> Like yeah, through yeah, yeah. In, so that she didn't enter through the main entrance. Oh, hat pops out first. Yeah. And then <laughs> Ashlyn follows. Um, <laughs> she starts when she sees you for a moment and then just exhales and she goes back into what she's saying. She says, Continue. What I'm about to say is true on my honor. We won't tell anyone. I love There's secrets. Galling here this evening. Do you all know what a galling is? No. Did I ever tell you what a galling is? I might. Maybe. I remember, I know. Uh, if you want to roll Kenning. I would love to Kenning. roll that. No. Roll Intelligence Kenning. Okay. I'm just going to say, I know what it is, but you should probably remind us since, you know. Naturally. Uh, I don't think <laughs> Skeeta is quite aware. I have. Skeeta's, you know, I know. What am I rolling? Four. <laughs> Four dice. You need sixes or better. No, no, no. I meant that. That was the total. That's total oh, successes? Nice. Four, I yeah. two successes. What was okay. the... Uh, what am I rolling? I have very high kenning. That's right. I forgot right. you are... Um, so you're going to roll intelligence plus kenning, and I'm almost certain you didn't take any kenning. Yeah, never. I'm just not going to roll. <laughs> you're like, what the hell is kenning? I totally can, know what it means, though. Hey, so no, just, but roll, roll intelligence, because you know. you've been these two long enough, and they have a pretty decent score, so you never know. Ruby may have heard of them. All right. You know what? Why not? Let's see. Intelligence kenning. One success. Hey, at some point, I you heard, heard you heard somebody before. you overheard somebody talking about this, and you all know what a ken, what a galling is. Wow, galling has become a phrase that now refers to a very broad sect of peoples, but yes. essentially, galling are the rarest of the kith. Mm like mythologically rare yes, the type I of know. kit that you almost never see and certainly no one here has ever bragged about seeing any definitely not bragged no not much to brag mm. is there more to your secret they are i knew most folk. of that <gasps> they are what they are a merfolk oh. a kit from the sea a galane from under the waves apparently has sent an an emissary, I suppose. I'm not sure what the details are, but the Baron has met them already. There's a liaison. Here. What did you ask? There's a liaison here presently. We believe, or at least that's the rumor going around right now, that someone, one of our cousins from under the sea, who's never been amongst mortals on land, one of the legendary. Merfolk is here right now and is in council with the Baron and will be presented tonight at court. 
Oh my, oh my, there's so much we don't know. There's so many secrets they must hold. There's so much. And and she just slowly starts backing up as like shadow overtakes her in a corner as she's muttering to herself. <laughs> the excited flu off. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And as <laughs> that, Ruby's thinking to herself, there's so much that they don't know. <laughs> oh. Agalia herself even looks a little excited as as a troll she's very sweet she doesn't present herself as the stern duty-bound troll that she actually is she's very motherly and uh she's always been this way it's one of the things that kind of offsets her enemies when she draws that blade that's on her side however that being said right now she's not keeping a lot of candor and she herself is having trouble masking her excitement she actually looks around and says we're going to see a merfolk didn't we see the movie Splash with Tom Hanks? Seen that? Yes. With Hannah. Oh. I pop I pop out and it's almost like a veil of cloudy, like moodiness that she literally emerges from. Yes, with Daryl Hannah and Tom Hanks. Excellent. That's movie. the one. I used to love that movie when I was a kid, and all I wanted to do was be a mermaid when I grew up. Hmm. But now a member of the Merfolk is here, and we're going to get to see one of their kind up close. It's <sighs> happening. It's very exciting. But don't be afraid. That doesn't mean that you're... I am not afraid. Well, your ceremonies, your, your acknowledgements, that is part of tonight's gathering. So we're not in trouble, right? No, of course not. Why would you be in trouble? I don't know. No, no reasons. Why would you be in trouble? She yeah, looks at you. <laughs> you see, she suddenly adopts that sort of wait a minute and she gives you a, a look for a moment like she's waiting for you to confess something. But Skeeta, I merely she, suggested it this morning at coffee as uh, an Ruby's, option. Ruby's completely ignoring this part of the conversation, um, like kind of looking as innocent as possible and pretending like she didn't hear the word trouble. Mm-hmm. in their vicinity at all. Okay. I go back into my doom cloud. Just kind of slink in. She looks at each one of you and says, now, before I turn you all loose, I want you all to keep one thing in mind. This is an unusual first time for all of you. This is your first formal court. And right now, everyone is reconnecting and exchanging news, but I need to warn you, court can be very, court, court can be, court is, court is, how do I put this? Have fun, but don't let your guard down. Does that make sense? At court, one moment you might be sharing a drink with a friend and in another moment you might be challenged to a duel. Uh, you might find yourself entangled in. I dare anyone to try. She glances at you <laughs> for a moment, Ashling, and she says, Oh, let me ask this before she responds. <laughs> before she responds to what you just said, <laughs> Ashling, does she know about what you carry? No. Okay. No. In which case, my next question is, does she know about your proficiency in what you carry? 
bet she might. If I, I'm, I'm sure I have played with sticks. Okay. In her then, presence. In which case, she gives you kind of a wary look. Okay. But then returns her gaze to everyone and says, "Court can be a place of great excitement and." wonderment but it can also be a place where if you say the wrong thing well let's just say it's the perfect place to learn the old saying the pen is mightier than the sword Mm. there have literally been that was stolen earlier yeah i'm still looking for that thing please focus she raises her hands and takes a deep breath and says what i'm trying to tell you is that words can be as sharp as blades in court so be careful. That's all. They can't handle the truth. She just does the sort of bottom lip tuck and looks at you and nods and says, sure, dear. I've, I've seen that one. Ruby did all her research on court. <laughs> Go have some wine, but don't The wrong kind much. of court. <laughs> mm. I have to go back to my duties now. The Baron has expected me to mingle. I look over to Skeeta and say, she said duty. (laughs) She also said we could have some wine. Yes. She did. She did indeed. We at Stream Punks do not promote underage drinking, however. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to. I'm not going to go. In this world of darkness. (laughs) Ruby can handle her liquor very well. (laughs) To be fair, you're also part immortal changeling soul. Yeah. We've been alive a long time. (laughs) You've been around for a few thousand years. Yeah, you're old. (laughs) Oh, man. So, indeed, the court does mill about out here on the patio area behind the great freehold of the Barony of Olives. Point read. This place has enchanted all of you. You have to wonder what this looks like in the dreaming because it is reflected in the dreaming. Here in the autumn world, it's accented with flecks and fragments of what's possible from nightmarish unicorn heads that perch like you like gargoyles off the top corners of the lighthouse to these fabulous colors. But in the dreaming, this building probably manifests something is completely different, possibly a castle for all you know. Maybe one day you'll get to see it. But right now, all of you are surrounded instead by the people of court. There are two Motleys here. I'm going to give you their names. There are only two Motleys currently recognized in the uh, Barony of Olives, though Motley isn't necessarily something that needs recognition. It's something that commoners can do without permission. It's simply getting together with a bunch of your friends and saying, yo, we're going to hang out like on a semi-permanent basis together and we're be a Motley. jackets. Yeah, we're going to okay. do, we're going to sharks and jets. We're doing this. Um, <clears throat> the Motleys, that, that sounds dangerous. Them, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like Sorry, it. I got distracted because I immediately started thinking of that brilliant cinematography and the latest uh, incarnation of that film. All right. So anyway, um, there are two Motleys here. You both know them by name. The first Motley is they call themselves the Salties. No joke. Huh. They are mostly Sealy. There is an unseely knocker amongst them named Knock Knock. 
But uh, you don't really know them too well, except there is one among them that has been very, very approachable to all of you. And I'm going to go ahead and give you their name, they, them. Their name is Trips. Trips is a Selkie. And Trips uh, loves being sociable and loves talking to people. They are uh, constantly approaching and meeting new people all the time almost obnoxiously sociable loves talking to all all newcomers very approachable i cannot understate it they're really fun to follow uh, around a party yes totally we'll be the person that will introduce you to people that they don't even know and then they'll no, no. introduce you yeah I, I just want to follow and listen you just want to follow them um, i've actually invited them to some of the agency parties okay oh trips would get along with that pretty great so trips is about five five um has uh has very narrow features trips in the in the autumn world uh trips presents at trips first of all i should tell you is a technically is a childer so is of the mm -hmm. younger changeling variety and is has that sort of bursting of innocence and excitement and enchantment of everything around them uh in the mortal seeming trips uh is about maybe about 15 or 16 years old still goes to high school. Oh, um, never mind about the agency. Yeah, party. I was going to say probably wouldn't have met the agency party still goes to high school. Um, attends it on, on uh, sort of a, that, that is being worked out. Cause the big question is, is how the hell is a Selkie going to high school right now? Um, Selkies don't like to stay in one place for too long and don't like to, to root themselves on land too long, but uh, trips is making do. What else do you know about Trips? Um, Trips is very... Uh, loves to gender bend all the time. Loves to just, will absolutely loves to just completely make themselves up and, and change exactly like how they're feeling that day. Always loves to just express themselves however they want in any way possible using glamour to create all sorts of like fabulous like makeup styles as well as like hairstyles and then we'll the next day we'll just totally go full on like shaved head and we'll completely change their seeming altogether like they like to shift it around all the time the one thing that doesn't change is trips seal form which you have probably seen on occasion particularly you ashling uh jumping in and out of the waves and the surf mm. Probably the one changeling that's not a member of your group that you actually all know. Hmm. Likes to challenge people, likes to meet people. The other motley, they call themselves the reef cutters. And this motley is almost, it, it's sort of balanced between seely and unseely. Um, the most notable member of this motley is the unseely satyr. Her name is Gabs. And she is not nice. I would say not nice. She's not popular. She likes to get a rise out of people. She likes to kind of there's there's a running joke among the court that you are all familiar with is that there is there's rumor that gabs thinks that she's a chloricon she's not 
She just likes to be really irritating and likes mm-hmm. to get a rise out of people. She thinks anger is one of the purest emotions and she likes to get it out of folks. Not a great person. Um, <laughs> and so she's the one to watch out for. You do see her here too. She is also in present, not, not surprisingly enough. But I will say in closing, <clears throat> um, you will also see that uh, here is Mr. Shade is, is here as well. Ah. Mr. Shade is the only other slua here in court. He is the bear, he is the seneschal of the Baron, a Sealy slua. Uh, he dresses he dresses like an undertaker. Hmm. He has a very modern looking suit, which is a little bit of a shocking contrast compared to all the more fantastical pieces of of clothing that everyone else is wearing. And it it's kind of in Mr. Shade's style to do that. He likes not conforming, even if that means not conforming to the not conformists. I bow to him from across the room. Gaunt figured, uh, stands at about five, nine. He's probably, he's a grump. So he is, uh, as an older changeling, but, um, you can see he, he acknowledges you. His eyes are just this deep stormy gray color. Very mm-hmm. kind of like your eyes. Now. Like mine. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, when he sees you and acknowledges you, you know that Mr. Shade is, you have a peculiar relationship with him based off of what you and I discussed. Yeah. Of how other slua address and teach. However, mm-hmm. being the only other slua here in the barony, uh, your relationship with him is somewhat mutable. It changes yeah. from time to time. Sometimes he's approachable and sometimes he's not. But when you nod to him, he just... Gives a slow nod back. His hair is jet black and cut like a Romulan's haircut. Like it's a bowl mm. cut. Goes all the way around. Um, and uh, definitely, he just it's not, with, even with his angular face, it's not a flattering look. It is a striking look. It yeah. is a caricature. And it's hard to, to not see the style in the, in the shockingly plain, as it were. Just the way he presents himself. And this is court. You all find yourselves milling about and seeing all, there's a lot of changelings here. Each one of them, I will tell you right now, I went through a lot of work to draft up names and personalities and everything for each one of them. Uh, They are all here in attendance. All in total, you're looking at probably about mm, like 21 changelings, which is the population of the changelings here Hmm. at Barony of Olives. Can I go snoop? Yes, you can. Um, Can If you all want to do anything, let me know. I would like to uh, go so snurp, a snoop for you the... Snoop? For do you want to just like listen around? No, no. I want to go find the 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 special Red guest. Book? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, me too. Do you slink away from the party? Oh, you do too? Oh, I, yeah. Uh, but I, I can do it separately if... No, no, no. I don't no, mind. No, no, I don't mind. You. Okay. Um, yeah. I, in, I, which I, case, in which case, I'm going to say... Um, in which case, I'm going to say, Ruby, you see your other two slipping away kind of sneaking out of the, out of the crowd. I'm like, Oh, people talking. Uh, okay. We're doing this. <laughs> we're doing something. All right. I guess. Um, I need each of you to make stealth checks. Roll Dex plus sticks. Oh, Roll this Dex. is what I was born. Wait, Dex plus me, stealth. me too. Yes. All y'all are stealthy. Yeah. yeah not bad. Uh, would I be doing, right. I couldn't do subterfuge because I guess I'm not disguising myself. Subterfuge is not, that's lying. Oh. Subterfuge is hiding your intentions. 
Mm. Lying to people. I'm not doing that. I never. I got five successes. (laughs) Okay. I unfortunately only got two out of my six, but still two. I got... I got two as well. You all did great. Uh, Silent is the night falling. You all sneak around the side of the freehold. Indeed, it's conceivable that right now with everybody milling about and with your troll friend, the lady, uh, the lady Agalia being given orders to mingle. There's really no one keeping guard of the freehold at the moment. At least at this moment, you all sneak around to the front where no one is and sneak in through the front doors, the front doors, by the way, here and their chimerical form are essentially large, beautiful slabs of stained glass that depict a California sunset. And as you push them in, they just noiselessly swing open. As they swing open, immediately you can feel warmth inside. Not an uncomfortable warmth in the summer heat, but more of like a familiarity, like a mother's hug. As you all slip into the doorway, you can feel the presence of the glamour burning within this place. You can also hear the distant sounds of a great-grandfather clock ticking. And with that, the occasional conversation. Someone speaking to somebody else. Questions being asked and things being answered. A deep voice, but also a friendly voice. And the other voice that you hear sounds remarkably young and incredibly inquisitive. Is it behind a door? No, it's down down the wooden hallway that is before you, lined with suits of armor. These giant, like, articulate beautiful sculpted suits of armor made of platinums and silvers and golds. And they line this wooden hallway along with all these tapestries depicting like scenes from the dreaming where you can see dragons and griffins. You see there is a a woven scene masterfully depicting the retrieval of the sword Caliburn by High King David as a little boy bringing peace to Concordia. You can see this being portrayed up on this great tapestry Inside the freehold, you are now inside a noble's manor. And dead ahead, just down that hall, where you can hear the ticking of this grandfather clock and the conversations happening, there's it's total access. You guys could easily move to the end of that hall. And the great stained glass doors just close behind you. And as they seal, there is a brief flash of sunlight, like the last ray of the setting sun catching your eyes before the seal closes of the freehold. You guys are now technically in a pocket. You're in the near dreaming right now. And you can tell you've entered. Inside the freehold, this is not what it looks like for mortals. And you can tell the, the proximity. You're close to the near dreaming right now, I should say. You're, you haven't entered into the freehold proper. So what do you do? Get as close as possible. Yeah. All right. The three of you, yeah. As the three of you are creeping down the hall, incredibly stealthy, it would normally go completely unnoticed. Except one of the suits of armor says, what are you doing? <laughs> I immediately look up and go, uh, do you know where the restroom is? 
the other suit of armor turns and the other suit of armor turns and looks at it and says they look at each other for a moment and this empty helmet turns back to you and you hear the voice say we don't know we don't ever have to go to the best bathroom oh well you well, know I, where I, the bathroom is do we have a bathroom Look, I just really had to go. I, you know, we uh, taking a bath um, would make me rust. Taking taking a piss would make me rust. Don't use that language in the Baron's house. I look back at my friends and go, "I think we're good." Well, huh. I'll look back at them. Thank you so much for your help. Um, uh, I think it might be down this hallway. Uh, someone outside said to just go down to the left, so I'm just gonna keep looking for it, and uh, <laughs> um, you know. Uh, carry on. Then I salute them. <laughs> okay. And then what? <laughs> and then keep walking. <laughs> you, uh, okay, the you all just—they just watch you um, <laughs> as you continue walking. As you turn back to walk to the end of this hallway, you all see. As you turn back to walk towards your destination, you all see the Baron standing at the end of the hallway staring at all of you uh from back from um, where we came or no the direction you were going oh. he was in the room oh. at the end of this hall oh oh clearly heard the conversations and, and what was happening and it was just literally like in the middle of speaking before he was leans forward and, and kind of leans into the hallway to look and is staring at the three of you as you're very stealthily, but not so stealthily, crept down to this hall and then engaged in conversation with suits of armor that very loudly called out to you. Who, where are you, where are you going? Um, the Baron is, uh, even, in his, even in his changeling seeming, the Baron is a strikingly handsome man. As I've described to the others, he is very much Oscar Isaac kind of handsome. Uh, mm. He has dark, curly brown hair. Oh. He looks like he is of Hispanic heritage. Um, you can see the sharp points of his ears denoting him as one of the she, one of the great noble uh, kits of the changeling race. He is one of the powerful lords, an autumn she. He is uh, the baron of this freehold and a member of Scalf, Scalf, House Skaha. Ashling is flapped. <laughs> she is normally unflappable, but you see the pink go whoo, right across the whole of her cheeks as mm -hmm. she like starts uh, uh, very slowly backing away from handsome person. <laughs> He's wearing uh, multiple layered robes that look that denotes his nobility, dark, deep, dark purples and silvers. Uh, it's all very much like into this, his house colors, basically. Um, you can see the, the coat of arms of his house hanging from behind him in the great tapestry. But what's even more curious is as he's staring at all of you, before he has a chance to speak, you notice another head peek out from around behind him to see what he's looking at. And that face is something unlike anything you have ever seen in all of your lives. There's nothing like a she. It's nothing like a knocker or a boggin. Nothing like a troll or a red cap. It's nothing like anything you have imagined before and uh oh go ahead uh, i was just gonna say that moment pulls you away from the baron long enough where hallie now you are seeing a mixture of three changelings 
three kith that are just standing in this hallway looking like mice that have gotten their hands caught in the cookie jar kind of like expression. Um, the Baron hasn't said anything yet, but he is looking at you all questioningly. And before he glances down and looks at Hallie and then back up to the three of you and he says, Bathroom? Come in, please. <laughs> Oh yes, of um, course. Yes, your your uh, your majesty, majestic, my, my lordship. My lordship, just bowing. Nita <laughs> also uh, is like curtsying as she walks towards him. Mm -hmm. My lord, my lord. The suit of armor <laughs> looks at the other one and says, "Did she just say your majesty?" No, I no, said no. you are majestic lordship. Before I go in. Mm -hmm. Can I just, while I'm about like watching everyone go in, just quickly look up at the night and flip open to see what's inside the helmet? I just uh, want to know. There, no joke. Are you ready for this? Yes. There is a mouse that is in the dead center of the helmet pulling a bunch of strings, very ratatouille, just kind of like has these strings kind of like tied around his paws and whatnot, speaking into what looks like this sort of like large conical thing that, ex that expands his voice outward. Um, he it too is wearing what looks like a small suit of armor and you could swear you see what looks like a small rapier at his side. And he says, he looks at you, he sees you looking at him and he just goes, did you need something? Do I have something on my face? You're very good at your job. And I set it down very slowly. I love you hear it. what she said to me? <laughs> the, the helmet turns back. It resumes its deep voice. <laughs> you hear what she said to me? <laughs> um, oh, I think you get a genuine little giggle. Out of <laughs> as she then scurries into the, the room. Uh, you scurry into the room. The Baron... The Baron is the Baron. <laughs> he exudes presence and charisma, but it's not that sort of charm. It's more of just like authority and calm and confidence. Um, think of like, you know, it, it, is, it is absolutely like Anthony Hopkins in his finest form, like giving lecture kind of like demeanor of just somebody with absolute assurance in what they're saying and the importance of what they're doing. Um, the Baron moves to what looks like a large desk that is made out of seashells. And I do mean like, I don't mean like glued seashells on a surface. It is in fact what looks like large seashells that have been sculpted and moved around and that form this beautiful desk that has an almost rainbow a glint to it as it appears. You know this desk is chimerical uh, in nature and it does have some kind of quality to it. You don't even have to roll kinning to know that. But uh -huh. none of the phenomenal things that you see decorating the Baron's inner chambers match the merfolk that you see also in the room. Would you like to describe yourself? Yes. I have cream skin and same color as my scales with red rust-colored stripes all along me. I have long tendrils uh, off of my fins fanning outward and there are pearl piercings along them, along the frill around my head. 
My tail is pretty long, but as many of the spines as I have along the side are tucked into this wheelchair that looks mostly mundane, only around the back of it there are just starting to be a couple shells, a little bit of the beginnings of something mm-hmm. around it. Like, I am slowly making it into the sea, and I'm constantly trying to look everywhere at everything at once. There's so much here. The Baron leans back against his desk and regards all of you. And he cannot help but an amused smile come to his face. Before he finally speaks, noting, by the way, with some measure of appreciation that no one has spoken first. It is interesting that the three of you would come creeping down my hall when you did. Normally, I would might consider this a terrible breach of etiquette. I had to pee. Do you still? Yes. I just bow again. (laughs) Good, then we may continue. (laughs) Unless you were telling the truth just now, Bonnie. In which case, you're going to have to make a willpower roll. (laughs) 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 Okay, so you say yes, and he says, good, then we shall continue. My intentions tonight were to speak to the three of you about our new ally and friend here. It is not within the typical bounds of courtesy to introduce somebody who is meant for court outside of the official proceedings of court. However, since you have managed to steal yourselves away into areas you do not rightfully belong in, and because my intention was to pair the three of you with this newcomer, I find it fitting and perhaps even a little too serendipitous, one might say, that you have all come when you have. The dreaming does work in mysterious ways. You wish us to accompany the liaison? All will be made clear this evening at court. Suffice to say that if all parties agree, and he nods to you, Hallie, and says, the four of you will be our new motley. May I present to you, or perhaps I should allow them to introduce themselves. You're very kind, Your Grace. I'm Dux Halamid Leomaris. Halley. It is a pleasure to make your acquaintance, Land Dwellers. The Merfolk of Atlane greet you. I bow to them as well. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I do a deep curtsy with a bow at the end. Uh, yes. I am Skeeta. It is wonderful to make your acquaintance. Do you have a title that we should be addressing you with? I look up to the, the bear nods to you and says 
as a duke or a duchess, you would refer to this one as my liege, which would be the best way. However, their traditions are different from ours. And suffice to say, however, that their rank, well, outranks mine. So be aware of who it is you are in the presence of. Huh. Never hung out with a liege before. Wait. Wait, I never said that. <laughs> Ruby's thinking it. <laughs> I'm picturing Ruby narrating that. Wait, I never said that. Wait, I never Ruby's said that. I'm thinking all of these things. I bow again. <laughs> Ashlyn's face just comes into frame near your face. Like, excuse me? <laughs> why, why don't I know about that? What? Well... We shall have more formal introductions this evening. But in the meantime, I trust your curiosity has been seated. I have so many questions. I just keep bowing. (laughs) Ruby Ruby knows if she speaks, she'll get, she'll say something not appropriate. (laughs) I think we can wait until court to find out the rest. You're my, my lord. (laughs) He nods. Should we go back out and for recess? Obviously, Ruby did the wrong kind of court research. As you ask that, he just says, remarkable, Ruby. You're showing incredible adaptive ability to perceive what you should be doing. And he grins. Yes, your honor. Even though he talks with severity, you see a grin come across his face. Uh, you see Ashlyn, Ashlyn goes to like speak and then uh, sort of flushes and turns and bolts out the room. <laughs> I would recommend you all follow her example. Oh, oh yes, my lord. Okay. Well. He nods. <laughs> Ruby backs up bowing like <laughs> Okay, just you just keep bowing your way out. Yep, just he like, just waits patiently as you just continue mm-hmm. bowing up and down as you walk out. And he as walks this, out and is a little, just a little, like, oh, okay, Mike, mm-hmm. you know, just a little mm-hmm. bit. But that's it. And then she leaves. <laughs> okay. Um, the suit of armor just follows, the head just follows you all as, oh, bye. Uh, as you all just rush out the door. Hi. We found point, the bathroom. The Baron, the Baron turns to you, Hallie, and just, I'm sorry that you had to be put on the spot like that, but those were the ones that I had been speaking to you of that also were newcomers to our barony. I think that they would be excellent companions. If you would find that agreeable, I would be more than happy to assign them to you. I trust how you know your own lands and the people within them. If you think they are suitable, then naturally I'm agreed. May I continue to call you Hallie, or do you prefer the... It has been made clear to me, if I may. Your presence here, while I'm deeply 
grateful for the gesture. As you know, I've been reaching out for some time. But I'm not sure I fully understand the nature of your staying with us. And the reason why I feel the need to bring this up is because someone of your rank to be unaccompanied and to simply... I think you know what I mean to say. He leans back in his chair behind his desk and says, if you do not wish to tell me, I will not pry. I'm simply grateful to finally make contact with our cousins under the waves. But it is difficult on me not to pry when your safety could mean the difference between a good relationship with the merfolk of your kingdom or war. Certainly, I would not have been sent with any intent of war. Anything but. He nods and raises his hand and says, forgive me. I mean to imply that if something were to happen to you, surely your people would be very upset with us. You are not a knight or a seneschal being sent to a foreign court. I do not know how it is among the courts of land dwellers, but the politics of Merfolk can be complex and contentious. Well, then we will have plenty in common. I trust that is true, and I run my hand along the desk. He smiles and says, the first encounter I had with Merfolk was a long time ago now. I was a childer. And he pats the desk and runs his hands along it. He says, it was doing what the members of my house are known for doing. It's hunting a nightmare that had escaped it fled to the coves just off one of the beaches in Hawaii. Also, it was another time. He lets it hang there. Of course. But it clearly left an impression. Your outreach to our people was very beautiful. I, uh, and it's weird to hear this man suddenly drag an uh through his sentence, speaking with some measure of uncertainty for a moment before he finally says, your people left quite the impression on me. If you are here by yourself, and this is an official delegation, we'll say, how do you wish to proceed? Will you be introducing yourself by your rank, 
Or is this something you would like to keep quiet? Do land dwellers keep their status quiet? Land dwellers have a very complex and contentious court system. He says with a sly grin. I take no issue, and indeed I'm honored with your presence, but you should be made aware that whatever the circumstances surrounding this unusual visit, however welcome it is, is going to put you in a position where people are going to want, well, something, be it your favor, your attention, your secrets, is just as well because we come wanting something in return that's what I like to hear so what do you wish in return protection from the land dwellers you know what they do to our waters he leans his head back and says ah Yes, there would be no need. There would be no pressure for us to leave our coves if it were not dire. And for that reason, we find what friendships we might. And if it, I'm sorry, it's a subject of some passion. What you're asking for, it's a cause I myself believe in. It's not happenstance that I'm the baron of this place. The sea is something that means much to me. And to see our kin, who we've been separated from for so long, and who have managed to avoid the worst of what our society has brought to bear, that alone is caused to rise up in protection. I fear that I'm not sure that I'm the person that can grant you what you're asking. I can certainly use your help in making motions at royal court in Care Angeles, but to listen to this kind of proposal, this should be brought before Queen Erin and not me. However, now that you are here, perhaps that is the next step. Perhaps I can speak to Her Majesty and see if she would be willing to take counsel. That is settled. You're In most the meantime, hospitable. <laughs> You are, of course, welcome in this freehold at all times. You are free to take residence here if you wish. That is very gracious of you, but... And Holly starts to twitch like they're going to scratch, and, mm-hmm. and they 
remember mm-hmm. their etiquette and they mm-hmm. press their hands onto their scales instead. Okay. But it is he very does dry note that. here. What's that? What'd you say? It is very dry here. Ah, of course. <laughs> yes, of course. Well, I thought perhaps the proximity of the sea, but of course. Then let me offer you the warmth of our bale fire any time you need it. I am your servant. And he nods to you. And in these, your titled lands, I am at your call. I shall, for the time being, tell your perspective motley that they are to keep your title a secret. It would be beneficial if you were to learn the ways of land dwellers to not be interfered with in the process. Now, I can't guarantee your safety if you refuse having a guard. But if you choose, I can assign one to you. Consider that. I would be grateful. I. There are many who would see our mission fail. He rubs his chin with consideration as you say that and regards you thoughtfully. Um, and he just nods then after a moment of consideration, says no more, but you get the impression, Holly, that he knows exactly what you mean. Even though you're not giving him any further knowledge of that, it seems like he's read the room and he just nods to you. Says, it's settled then. I shall go call for court. And he rises. Says, will you accompany me? And he offers his arm. Yes, I will put one hand on rim. One hand on other. And he walks slowly enough that where you can flex and the two of you move. Um, And about that point outside on the, in like the porch area, we see everybody gathering with all the motleys and all the changelings that have gathered around underneath the creeping starry sky that has begun to blossom overhead. Uh, You see the Seneschal suddenly look off like somebody who's not there is whispering to him and nods. And opens his mouth and begins speaking. (laughs) And nobody hears a word coming out of his mouth. It takes a few moments. (laughs) As this is happening, it takes a few moments before Sir Agalia, she turns and looks and goes, Oh, God. Everyone raises everyone. Everyone turns and looks at her. And then with alarm turns and looks in the direction of the Seneschal, who's just finished saying it once. And there's this long pause. Like everyone's realizing that they missed what he said. And the awkwardness. I'm the only one sitting. Yeah. (laughs) And with that, the Seneschal turns and begins to walk up the ramp into the house. And you see, you see uh, a few of the, other changelings kind of just set down their goblets and start moving into the house. Um, the back door of this house 
the frame of this door does not look like it is made out of wood like the rest of the frame. It looks like it's made out of stone. It looks like it's made out of granite. Polished granite that just kind of frames this entire entryway. Steps up to the doorway and turns this knob and pushes in. And as he does, you see a great house on the inside that looks nothing like the interior of where you just were. And steps inside and ushers everyone in. Well, now I don't know where the bathroom is again. <laughs> you want to into this room? You've now entered the freehold. Yeah. The heart of the freehold itself. Moving through the doorway, you leave the autumn world behind and step into the near dreaming. You have now vanished. If somebody was inside the house looking out, they would see you walking in and simply disappear as you step through the doorways. And a lot of you find yourselves inside a grand room capable of holding the entirety of the kiths that have gathered here. A great hall made of high beams wood, this large open like oaken hallway of polished oaks and uh, bear skins and all kinds of manners. You see like griffin trophies and burning hearth fire. And at the very center, you see this great stone pit that kind of stands at about four and a half feet tall. It looks like it's up on a pedestal. And at the center of that pedestal is a brilliant green flame that burns, not with heat, but with pure glamour. It is a pure manifestation of the dreaming. This green flame exudes small little sparks that almost seem to sprout wings and fly off into nothingness as it crackles around all of you. Um, inside there are these ghostly like balls of light that have begun to hover overhead like will-o'-wisps have gathered towards the ceilings of this place these gossamer sheets casting aside all across staircases that wind up and constantly flow moving as people step upon them the staircases walk themselves up as people stand upon them moving them to the next floor up to the next level you see all manner of chimerical creatures here. Uh, Pipsqueak is bounding around and like running around on circles inside like this little baby tiger, basically like as clumsy as little kitten tigers are, just like paws are too big for the big bellied body and just kind of flops around as he's trying to constantly balance himself. When you see him get full on tackled by what looks like a sea otter, just comes out of nowhere. About three times Pipsqueak's size. It's a sea otter. Bam! Knocks Pipsqueak over and then just lies flat on its back, holding Pipsqueak. And Pipsqueak is just completely stunned. Does not know what's happening. But it looks like... Holding him on his belly like a little clam? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) Just holding holding Pipsqueak there. Um, Would you like to describe the otter? Hmm. Does it look like a normal California sea otter or does it look like something else? Uh, It... Looks like a sea otter until you get just a little closer. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that it has what seem like bioluminescent sparkles deep into that very thick, dense fur. So it's like little glittering fairy dust once you just get close enough to oh. see. Um, and that's Kit. Okay. Uh, like awesome. I'm just I'm just standing there watching. Like, what do yeah. I do? Oh gosh! Yeah, what do I do? What do I do? Uh, Fun um, fact: Otters have the densest hair, the the most dense hair of any mammal in the animal kingdom. Okay. In fact, one square inch of otter hair is enough to cover an entire dog. 
Neat. (laughs) Have we been ushered to be anywhere in particular or are we? No. And you can see an area at the front where there are banners and a large wooden throne where the Baron sits. Okay. Um, That is currently empty. Um, Cinefall has taken a position by that. Yes. (laughs) Well, it's nothing bad. Just, I think Ashling like stands by the side of the stage. Like it's graduation. Ah, okay. You know, like mm-hmm. she's ready to just be like, okay, they're going to take us on stage and we have to do something. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, yep, yep, yep. like she's getting ready to be handed like her Fey diploma. Yeah. Like, congratulations, you've graduated to being a normal adult Fey. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Eric, I can interact with Pipsqueak, right? Like, oh, yeah. Everybody yeah. can. Everybody no, can interact okay. with Pipsqueak. No, I know, yeah. I know. But I, I like humans can't unless right. they're enchanted. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, crap. So, like, I want to, like, I'm I'm cautiously, like, getting closer and closer because I'm going to try and get Pipsqueak out of this otter's paws. Uh, um, yeah, that's easy enough. You walk over to Pipsqueak, and Pips, Pipsqueak just looks like the big glassy eyes look up at you, and Pipsqueak squeaks at you immediately know, as this purple tiger cub kind of squeaks at you. Um, and as you reach down, the otter just uh, ha- lets Pipsqueak go. And just starts like rubbing its face, just like oh. like rubbing its cheeks and cool, 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 cool. watching. <laughs> Every hey, time it continues to rub its guy. face, you see the glow get a little bit brighter on its back. Uh, I was like, I'm just gonna be like, "Hey, little guy, uh, where you want? Do you want me to take you somewhere where you're supposed to you be?" You hear this bell ring immediately. Boom. And coming into the room, everyone grows quiet. Even the otter kind of flips back over to its front and just looks around. You see all the changelings here growing very quiet. Conversation begins to die down as the Seneschal takes position next to the Baron's throne. A few moments later, you see Sir Agalia also step forward and nod to everybody. And she takes position to the left of the throne with her arm casually very comfortably resting on the hilt of the sword and just regarding everybody with respect. And the Seneschal, you hear, he brings up his hands and he says, to the subjects of the Barony of Olives, may I present your Baron, Baron Marinus Ap Skaha. Wordlessly, with quiet rustling of his robes, he steps into the room and whispers immediately begin to follow. Everyone starts as right next to him, you see the merfolk that you just met, this holly person. People are dumbstruck. And even the Kithian that are here are marveling at the fact that there is a fair folk, that there is a, a merfolk here in the room. You see gonna, them? I think I'm going to look down at the otter and go, oh. Oh, yes, indeed. At the sight of Holly entering the room, you see the otter bound across the room and coil up just at the bottom, like basically resting on the great tail that is swished around at the bottom of the chair. And and Holly is trying to maintain that sort of Queen Amidala composure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, with all of the too young for this uh, uh, that that implies and just trying 
not to look at their buddy on their tail oh. as they try to navigate through because hold, 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 hold. And so I, what I, proceeds oh. then? Go ahead. Oh, say? I was saying as the otter goes up, I'm going to look down at Pipsqueak, who whenever he gets like nervous, he wraps around my leg. Like he like hugs my leg, like a little kid would do. Like when you walk and you're holding on, mm-hmm. I'm just going to look down. I was like, you see that buddy? I was like, you have to play nice. Because basically, like telling Pipsqueak, like there are new friend now. Pipsqueak is in the process of gnawing on your foot as you look down. Oh, dang just, it. just little. It's got that you know, really kind of incredibly painful kitten teeth, but tiger. Just gnawing I go through on your a foot. lot of shoes. Yeah, just just really, really working it into the leather, just trying to get it in there, like seeing if you can get it as deep. Oh, and uh, oh, it's so gratifying. It's all just like in that leather. I'm just gonna chew on this. I wear thick things. socks too. Oh God. Oh God. It's not, I can't get it out now. It's just stuck. Like and Pipsqueak starts to squeak a little bit and it's like, start shoving against the shoe. And then moment gets it out, kind of smacks his lips for a second and then goes back at it. Just okay. Um, okay. Well, the story of Pipsqueak taking place right now. <laughs> the end. Um, as this is happening, court convenes. It opens with an oath to the dreaming that everyone just acknowledges sort of like a, if you want to think of it like a prayer or something like that, but it's kind of like just this opening sort of acknowledgement that court is now in session, that we of the barony of olives now come before uh, the dreaming and in friendship and together. And this kind of like oath that everyone takes and the Seneschal calls court into question. Now at that point, Subjects start to come forward to voice concerns and things that they've noticed. And it's boring. You hear a lot of like really monotonous stuff and a couple of things like suggestions that are kind of a waste of time. And at first it seems like courts can be boring tonight because the more you all hear about this, the more it just seems like, Oh God, now I get it. Now I see why this is awful. I object. Just kidding. I don't. Do you actually do that? I'm thinking it. <laughs> I have to ask. <laughs> nah, um, just thinking it. I maybe I'm about to, and then I'll look it, over at our like mentor. I imagine, yeah. I imagine your arm goes up, and the mentor yeah. grabs your hand and pulls it back down. <laughs> yeah, she pulls it back down and leans in. And says, if you want to keep those fox ears, you'll mind your manners. And she says this with not like a threat, but just like don't and. <laughs> I just bite my tongue. <laughs> um, I, I would like to point out that Ashlyn is now flat against the wall because she was standing by the stage and then yeah. the meeting commenced and no one told her to do anything. So she's yeah. like trying to be invisible against the back, oh. like backside wall because she's too uncomfortable now to go take a seat. So she's just observing. Happening. As this is happening, you see the court's happening and, and, Agelia looks at the two of you and just kind of to, to specifically specifically looks at Skeeta and and Ruby and just kind of acknowledges the two of you, kind of symbolizing like just be patient, like kind of nods to you that your time is coming soon. Um, you are leaning back into the shadows. Yeah. It's in very here. obvious though. I'm creating a shadow not in a corner because I'm flat against a wall. I keep like corner of my eye because I'm trying to control my gaze and, and appear interested in this stuff that's going on. But also there is this whole play mm-hmm. that is going like- out against the wall and <laughs> just every so often. 
you hear a whisper in your ear, Ashton. What do they say? It says, do you know hunger is different than desire? So much different. Primal, it is a need. It is not a want. It is elemental. I was taught wants and needs in school, thank you. Do you but, mean to belittle me with your mockery? No, but do we're you, in the mid. Do you know what I could do right now with you in front of everyone? That would not be very smart, now would it? Revealing yourself as such in front of such high-profile fae would get you in a lot of trouble. So before you go threatening me, I take a look around this room. One day you will be alone. One night you will be alone. I know. Now go away. You hear this echo of a laugh in the back of your ears as you hear, oh, I can't go away. You and I, we are forever bound. Go away, go away, go away, go away, go away. Like chasing the nightmare away, trying to blink away the thing that you saw. And the voice goes quiet as you kind of focus. Go away, 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 go away. And it's gone. And it's almost loud the way court comes back in the session, the way people are talking. So finally, Sir Galia steps forward and says, my Lord Baron, if there's nothing left with regards to maintenance of the barony, I think now's the time. The Baron says, yes, it is a good opportunity to address two issues. And he rises. And as he does, everyone takes notice. And he says, as you all know, we've had the great joy of welcoming new changelings into our midst. Our fellows have returned. And we are grateful to have them back again. The dreaming is strengthened for every chrysalis, for every one of us that comes back home. Step forward, the three of you, please. And he extends his hand with warmth on his face in a way that you didn't see before in the study, but he motions to all of you and even looks over at you, Ashlyn, and kind of beckons you, all three of you to step forward. There's this awkward moment of Ruby going like, you gotta get off, get off, like to Pipsqueak because there's does not get off. You're like hobbling over as Pipsqueak. So I just, I just carry him with me. It squeaks every time you put your foot down. with him on my... Every so time awkward. your foot hits the ground like a squeaky shoe, just um, as you come to a stop, the Baron just says, <clears throat> as part of the formation of a new motley, you are at your leisure to select a name for yourselves. However, you are not complete. I'd like to introduce all of you to a formal guest of the Barony of Olives from a kingdom below the waves. And he 
steps back to allow you to introduce yourself. We've already met. <laughs> As you say that, this is Holly. Holly is a commoner from beneath the waves and is here to learn the ways of the land folk so that we might strengthen the ties between our two separated peoples. <laughs> Are you, is this Ashlyn going, oh my God, I know his secret. Yeah, this is Ashlyn not saying a secret because he uh, just said commoner and I know that not to be true. He was directing so that I'm directly at the I am, I am visibly holding my mouth. Um, <laughs> the sluah just goes. <laughs> Which, under any other circumstances, might arouse a significant part of suspicion. However, everyone is reacting the way you are upon the side of the merfolk. Everyone seems to be excited, interested, intrigued. And mm. the Baron raises his hand and says, tonight when we convene court, you will all feel the inclination to crowd our visitor, our guest to the barony, and ask all sorts of questions. I will leave it to them, but I do ask that you please do so with moderation and respect for their space. They are a visitor and our honored guest, whatever their rank. Welcome to the Barony of Olives, Holly. And it is my distinct pleasure to offer you a place in our new motley among changelings who, like you, will be learning the ways and learning manners. Looks at the three of you. I start bowing. <laughs> start bowing immediately. <laughs> start bowing immediately. I am, I am a manner. I am a manner. <laughs> Agalia squeezes your hand. I lock eyes very quickly with Ashling. And there's this moment of perfectly shared near explosion. <laughs> <laughs> that feeling, that feeling of you're in a library and you're like, what if I screamed right now? Kind of yeah, just like, <laughs> yes. we both want to say it. We both want to say it. We both no, we can't say it. We want to say it. We want to say it so bad. I'll say it. <laughs> oh, right. No. <laughs> now then. No one would Since believe me form, anyway. <laughs> if formal business is concluded, it is not, my lord, you hear a voice say from the gathering rising up from behind and pushing their way to the front is a she you those of you actually you know what let's roll i think i'm gonna have y'all roll kenning because y'all are so new at this yeah kenning and what uh, and knowledge kenning, or? i'm gonna say intelligence and kenning okay cool Okay, I guess I can roll something. Yeah, I'm going to say roll intelligence and kidding here. Um, and, and what do we have to roll me, again? Remind, remind me what we have to get high. It, it, it's intelligence and kidding. You, right. you, oh, unless I say otherwise, the difficulty is always six. You always six. want a six or six better. Six or better. Okay, yeah. that's nice. Yeah, it's not too bad until I raise difficulties, but yeah. Well, I don't know what's going on. One, two, three. I've been I'm, still bow I'm still bowing. <laughs> okay. Holly? How much Three. is that? I got five Two for Holly. Two for Holly. Actually, you know what? Holly might be at an increased difficulty for this. Um, All right. What, what, what did you roll? What were your two successes? Um, a six and a seven. So okay, depending. That was, so you'll get one success. Yeah. Seven will do it. Yeah. That makes uh, a lot of sense. Uh, so what about the rest of you? I got a five. Five. You know who this is. Yeah. You know exactly I, who this is. I got three successes. Yeah. 
three successes. You are aware of who this oh. is. Um, yeah, Skeeta, I think, I think, I think Skeeta has a pretty good sense of who this is. And I, what did you get, Bonnie? I'm still bowing. Oh, okay. I didn't even you're see you. Before. You didn't know somebody, you're like, somebody's talking? Nope. Uh, Holly, <laughs> though, you know exactly who this is. This is Lord Deadwater App Balor. I think I think uh, this this it just comes out of the Slua's mouth in a, just a, a whisper that just permeates to anyone who happens to be near Lord, Lord Deadwater. Yeah. What I'm so sorry, Lord Deadwater Ap Valor. He is of House Balor, which is one of the more infamous houses among the Changeling. Um, they are they are they typically in in my in my in my interpretation of change in the dreaming they have to take on an air or countenance or name that denotes them as something that is sinister it's part of their curse they have to bring themselves to bear as something that is off of the nice side of the four they're not they're not uh, they don't present themselves even if they're kind they don't present themselves as anything except for uh sort of not i wouldn't i would say sinister is the best way to describe it they all come off like lannisters mm-hmm. oh no um their house coat of arms which is clearly visible on his tabard is what looks like a golden tower that is entwined by a black serpent and on the door of the tower looks like a winged snake of some kind they are they are a no one of the noble houses he is an arcadian unseelie arcadian she Ooh. He is, uh, when he strides forward, he absolutely has almost a stereotypical sort of like anime villain aspect to him. Very sharp features, uh, you know, like sh- like uh, that sort of like strides forward in a very sort of effeminate way, but has that sort of like regal bearing too that he brings to bear to everybody. He's just constantly, like very casually dra- draping his hand across a slender longsword with a black blade and no scabbard. It just hangs mm. free in his belt in a very irresponsible way. He even has cool. a long red velvet cloak that seeps down into the color of blackening blood like it's been congealed after being laid out into the sun for months. And he strides forward and glances at all of you and says, are we not to speak of what happened in care Los Angeles? There have been movements down there. Have you not heard? Am I the only one that's been paying attention for shame, for shame? There have been murders in care Angeles, not among the kith, but among our prodigal brethren. You hear some people scoff and the Baron leans back and says, we do not call the prodigals our brethren. What is your point? My point is that soon we can look forward to whatever the mortals are doing in Caer Angelus spill over and affect all of changeling society. What has happened to the vampires will surely happen to us. It's only a matter of time till they are at our doorstep. Once again, the dreamers that the Seely court loves to protect are once again coming to kill us all. And this immediately gets a lot of people talking and there's a lot of noise coming up and the Seneschal raises his hand. And as he does, everyone gets quiet in the same moment. People get quiet. Deadwater seizes upon that and continues talking immediately, just completely commanding the room. He says, we all know what happens next. 
Changelings from Care Angeles will be fleeing north to escape whatever's happening. They're going to be coming into our freehold. Who knows who might be coming along with them? There could be prodigals with them. How do we know other vampires might not find their way here to the north? How do we know that they will not be bringing these mortals with them, giving away what it is that we have here that we have fought so hard to protect, to keep secret? We must protect ourselves. The Baron says, what is it you intend on doing? What do you propose we do to protect ourselves from this supposed threat? So Deadwater? And he says, well, imprison those who come here, of course. Any changeling who enters the barony without permission and elects to stay should be imprisoned immediately and held for questioning. Anybody leaving Care Angelus should be held immediately. And if we come across a vampire who does not belong here, I am more than happy on behalf, on behalf of the house of monster slayers such as yourself, that he gets a little bit of a like rumble from the court as he refers to the house Skaha, which are known for being the slayers of monsters. But the way he says it kind of denotes some indignity in the, in the endeavor. I say we question any vampire that has the misfortune of wandering to the north. And on behalf of the Grey Walker house, we question them before devouring their minds and driving them mad and killing them. Would you not agree? They're they all beacons of banality. Would you not agree? You hear some of the unseelie in the court agree immediately. And you see some of the seelie looking at each other like, what the fuck is this guy on? Like, there's a lot of mixed reactions. And the Seneschal once again calms everybody down. And the Baron says, it is true. There have been things happening in the South. And not just the South. There have been changes. All across the Kingdom of Pacifica, indeed all across Concordia, the Baron rises from his chair. We are in an uncertain time. We are seeing signs of glamour coming forth in ways we did not anticipate thanks to the unusual and curiously wonderful exploitations of live theater on the internet. And he nods to you, Ashling. Hmm. And there are some among us who understand that better than others. Glamour has found its way across the kingdom of Concordia once again. Indeed, there are some in the king's court that are whispering that we may be on the verge of a second resurgence. That gets a lot of whispers. And for those of you who are familiar with it, and you would be, the resurgence is referring to the time in the, in the late 60s when the doors of Arcadia were flung open and everything changed. But there are also talks of the great winter. As we know, the world is in pain right now. There's fear and there is suffering, and their humanity is giving up on its dreams. And that has a ripple effect on all of us. Not to mention what has happened in Care Angelus. We have not received word from the Queen's court. Until we do, we shall continue being a barony that welcomes all. No changelings, no kith will be turned away from this barony. 
or falsely imprisoned. You hear somebody in the background go, yeah, or falsely imprisoned. And that gets a lot of people immediately just start roaring. And like that causes the unseely side to start shouting at each other. And before long, you see both sides are yelling at each other. And even the Seneschal raising his hands is not able to calm them. And in the back of your ear, you hear a bit of a laugh once again, as your words, well-intentioned, kind of set off a firestorm. Yeah. Baron finally raises his hands and the room calms down. He says, that is my word. Until the queen herself commands otherwise, I am the Baron of this freehold. Now, monthly court is adjourned. Leave your prejudices behind. And he looks at the member of House Balor. Deadwater just nods gracefully and says, I only seek to be ever vigilant in the protection of my liege lord and my barony. I apologize if I have offended. He turns around to the rest of the court. If I am guilty of any sin against the dreaming or changelings here, it is the guilt that comes with doing whatever must be done to protect all of us. Nothing more. And then he, with that, he smiles and steps back into the crowd. And that point, the Seneschal says, court is now closed. At that, I turned to Skeeta and whispered, wait, are we guilty or not guilty? I... Oh, baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> everyone starts to part ways except for the lot of you as everyone starts to convene outside to finish drinks and and get on the boat and take their trips home the rest of you convene around this new member of your motley and I you have a few moments i definitely researched the wrong kind of court yes yes you did mm. it was much more like a city council meeting than anything mm-hmm. wasn't expecting that or a also, real court Hmm. A little bit. The Baron presiding over all. You know. Mm. You see uh, a large blue form loom up overhead as Agalia approaches all oh. of you. You see with a big smile on her face, she smiles at you, Holly, and just bows and says, It is my greatest pleasure to meet you. My name is Sir Holly of um, Sir Holly Apskaha. I'm a knight here in court, as you might have guessed, and I'm very, very honored to meet you. The honor is, is mine. And I, I'm scooping up Kit into my lap now, who I think is probably straining to get it pip squeak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> kind of squirming in your arms. Her like new baby pip yeah. squeak. <laughs> The Baron joins Mm. next to her and she nods and the Baron regards all of you and says, well, this is but the beginning. This is but the beginning of your motley, of your tale. Whatever comes next will be the choices for you all to make. Whatever story gets told, we shall all share. I think I can say with certainty that you are welcome here, Holly, and to our three newest changelings, to all of you, to all of you. 
The story begins now. Welcome to the Barony of Olives. I bow. Again. That is our game for the night. <laughs> Yay! Y'all have way too much fun with these characters. I can just, <laughs> I don't even need to story tell this game. I'm just going to sit back and be like, all right, you're in a coffee house. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, did you plan a little mouse soldier to be inside that soldier? No, oh I, just needed, I just needed it to be more ridiculous. That's <laughs> just so his brain. That was his brain just made him happen. <laughs> he was meant to Wearing a suit of armor inside of a suit of armor. That was the best part. Into a big thing, like hey, like uh, that's why I was like, I have to open it. I have to. There's gonna be something in it. Mm -hmm. There was a moment of silence, and I heard Elisa go, "I love him." It was so funny. Like like, off to the side. I love him. Yep. Um, very good at we, your job. we went pretty late on this one. So I'm going to, I'm going to do my players a solid favor here and I'm just going to hop off, but I just wanted to thank everybody so much for joining us for the very first session of our new Chronicle. This is a big bite-sized chunk of setting the stage for what will be the next Chronicle. We've only just kind of scratched the surface of the Barony of Olives and seeing what the culture is like here, but now the stage is set and the actors are on stage. So with that, I'm going to bid everyone a very good night and sweet dreams. Sweet dreams. Dream sweet. <laughs>